You love Michigan sports. Red Wings, Lions, Tigers, Pistons, Michigan, Michigan State, and the list goes on. And you love beer. Love beer. Who doesn't? What if we mixed the two together? is State of My Sports. We'll talk everything Michigan sports like only we do and then we'll down our fair share of beer from a local brewery. Grading the beer throughout the episode. So pop a cold one on your end and we'll get busy on ours. This is the State of My Sports. That's right, everyone. This is State of My Sports, and this is episode 138. Little little technical difficulties here, so we're kind of just uh, going through it with, with the live, at least. Uh, hopefully people are, are on there and, and ready to, to be part of the conversation. Uh, episode 138, we are here to talk about Detroit Lions' loss to the Falcons and kind of how it's, it's kind of setting up pretty good. I'm not going to lie. Um, I'm, not, I'm not too mad about it, but I think Dan Campbell... Setting the foundation is is the key, and that's one thing that we're continuing to see, win or loss right now. Um, They're setting themselves up pretty well here. We'll get into that. We'll also preview MSU's Peach Bowl matchup against Pitt and Michigan's playoff matchup against Georgia. At the end, we will make our betting hero picks of the week and grade our Cicliano's Market Michigan beers. If you're joining us live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, or Twitch, please let us know and be part of the conversation the best you can. Uh, be, be in the comments. We're going to try to get those up and running here shortly. Um, before we jump in, I did want to give I did want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors that help keep this thing rolling and free for our listeners. The Hops Brewing Company and Cafe is the official brewery state of my sports. Siciliano's Market Market helps us pick out the best craft beer from the state of Michigan. Mac Web Design helped us get our website up and running. And Betting Hero helps you and us, you and I, you and us, us and you. I don't know. doesn't matter. We. Uh, we get the best promos available in the sports betting world. I actually have a, a pretty big bet going on right now. Now that I think about it, I forgot to put it on alerts so I can keep tabs on it. We basically have this parlay going, um, and the all I need is Mississippi State to win. As long as they win, I win like 115 bucks on a $15 bet. So, really? Yeah, or, sorry, oh, 140 nice. bucks. 140 bucks on a $15 bet. I was pretty pretty excited about that one. I uh, did. Who uh, do you need? Miss- Mississippi State? Mississippi State against Texas Tech. Last I saw, they were down seven at half, I think. Okay. So Not bad. I got I to keep an eye on that one. If so you're you, saying there's a chance. There's, there is a chance. I, I was going to do some like live betting and stuff um, to kind of hedge my bet, but I just got distracted with the podcast and things get, you know how I am with the podcast. It just stresses me out and all that good stuff. But, For good reason, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot, of, a lot of crap going on right now. Um, but we're working through it. We are, and we just wanted to get this thing rolling. Uh, if you guys are on, uh, oh, they're down 20 to 7 now. Oh, boy. Talk. That really sucks. Sorry. Yeah, too bad. Um, we're going to get our the comments up and running here shortly. Actually, we, we already are. So, Ryan, you're monitoring the Facebook comments. I'll, I'll monitor YouTube, and if there's other comments other way, yeah, elsewhere. Somebody said first to comment, but... Um, who, who was that? I, I, I know who that was, so we're not going to... Jarrett or no, Carrie? It was me. It was you. Yeah. Oh, first to comment. Yeah. Look at you. I'm just getting it started, you know? Love it, man. You've been liking stuff on Instagram lately, and you're just turning over a new leaf with, with all your all this time, all this you know? All this time that you're to doing. myself, like not at work, I'm just I'm doing work. <laughs> exactly. Well, do real work. It's just us today. It is. Yeah. Um, but it's going to be going to be good. Um, I think one of our phones is picking up a little bit of feedback here. Yeah, but, it might be mine. Um, but anyways, we're ready to rock this thing. 
Um, did, did did you see the breaking news like before we even started here? Uh, about Dax? John, John Madden. Oh, John Madden. I did yes. see that. That's too bad. Holy cow! Just died randomly. They said they say it was um, what what they say it was it was unexpected is what I heard and I was really surprised by that. Yeah, that's what I read too. I, I'm like. There, there were times in the last couple of years that I was wondering if he was still alive to uh, begin with. I didn't know that either. Actually, <laughs> just recently, because I think there's they had something that, coming out, right? Well, on, the, so the documentary came out on Fox uh, on Christmas Day. Yeah, Christmas I didn't Day, see it, though. John Madden, and then it's about his life. And, I, and and that's when I realized, when I saw that was coming out, I, I realized that he was still alive. I had kind of thought he died. Yeah, I did too. Which, he's I mean, kind of MIA. Yeah, you know? exactly. And for good reason. You know, he's just trying to live his life and end of his years. Yeah. Do you have uh, a favorite Madden video game? Did you get Madden video games uh, growing up? Actually, for Christmas, uh, Ari just got a Madden. Madden, Did he? Madden twenty one. Okay. He got, have, yeah. have you been ripping it up? Oh yeah, he's been playing. Yeah, I beat him. I crushed him the first game just because, <laughs> like, you know, he's a kid. I got to make sure he doesn't yeah. get too, too big of a head. Yeah, and yeah. now he's gonna be playing it constantly. So oh he yeah, can he beat, beat me. You. He beat me the second time. Did I he really? <laughs> so he started. I was to not get happy. It. In fact, I didn't even finish the game. It was like thirty five seconds. You quit left. mid game. That's I didn't quit the game, but no, no, I didn't quit the game. I I just said, hey, all right, like the, the girls needed something, and I was like, all right, I'm gonna go help the girls. <laughs> yeah, I totally could have and should have probably finished, but yeah. I, I was just I was frustrated, man. Back in the day, the third like, pick I threw. I it was so much easier to quit because you could just like bump it. Yeah. Like accidentally bump the system oh, or yeah. throw the controller at it so it like bumps it and freezes. Yep. Then that's an easy way to quit. <laughs> but now like you can't do that because they cost so, so stinging much. Yeah, I'm not going to throw anything. anything at them. Like, no, be very careful of that. It's hard to hit it when you have like a, a shelter basically protecting that thing at all times because <laughs> right. it's so expensive. Um, I remember when they first came out with like training camp. With that whole section, and oh, like yeah. the hit hit stick and then truck stick. Yeah, man, that was such a fun. I mean, it was easy to just dominate when you could get the right guys. I don't remember who was. I think it was like Jamal Willie or Jamal. Who was the the Ravens running back? Was it Jamal Lewis? Jamal. Um. Yeah. Remember him? Yeah, Jamal. Like, Lewis, he was on I the think. cover and like just yeah. dominant player. Yeah, that. in like two thousand five, two thousand six, something like frame. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it sounds right. I so my favorite Madden. It was I think it was Madden '97 for Sega Saturn. Okay, Sega Saturn. Barry Sanders um, was one of the best players in it, and that was that was back when the defense was always faster than the offense, no matter what. Like yeah. you couldn't break away, and just like there was no there was no extra speed option or anything like that, like a sprint button. So what you had to do is you had to run straight up and then you had to like, they would chase you. All, everybody would would chase you in a straight line <laughs> and you'd have to go like around and yep. they would chase you around in a circle and you'd have to do that all the way up the, up the field. And like yeah. a 99 yard play was <laughs> literally impossible except for like the one perfect time I pulled it off. Yeah. Like Barry, only Barry, well not even Barry Sanders, but it was probably like Deion Sanders or something like, like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Someone it was Deion or like Rocket. Um, remember that dude, Rocket, somebody from the Raiders? No, wide, I don't wide receiver. He's the fastest guy in the game. He's 99 speed. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> yeah. And then when Michael Vick was in, I forget what year he was on the cover, but man, when he was, that was that was a cheat code, basically. Oh, yeah. You could put him in and just dominate. It didn't matter game. what, yeah, what uh, option. Because, you know, you can like hurdle or jump or whatever or, or yeah. juke left, right back like whatever he did it was perfect yeah was i went best. so i was i had game day 97 remember game day like that was the other football one yeah so it was game day 97 and then i think my very first madden was madden 99 and then i had every single one up until like 
probably 2014 or 2015. Every single I would one. buy it every year or get it for Christmas. Like wow. that's what I got for Christmas from grandma. Pretty much every like yeah, I would get I NHL that. from my parents and grandma would get me <laughs> Madden. Like it was I would play those games so much. Nice. And then I stopped doing it when I got married because I didn't had kids. Like I just yeah. I mean 60 bucks a game. That's, that's too much. Yeah. I don't I don't have that kind of money anymore. Well, that's not your entire life. Yeah, like, exactly. You got to like, buy like food now. I bought it for a few times and then I was I like I think I played them like four times yeah I'm like this was such a waste of money and i just grew out of it I guess. is there a way for us to play against each other without like paying for, paying for online the online services? probably not i mean you could come over or i could go to your house <sighs> that's a that's a walk <laughs> that is a walk the traffic can get really bad <laughs> it's not a long walk i'm just saying it's there slippery. is a walk involved yeah. <laughs> it could get slippery someone could get hurt i don't think it's worth the the risk yeah probably not no we really should do i don't know why we don't do that yeah i don't know that is kind of silly yeah we don't but would you play so Madden Twenty One? Madden, Madden Twenty One, yeah, it's it's pretty fun. I mean, the lines are way better than in the game than they are now. Yeah, yeah, like Stafford's on the team, and and um, oh, yeah, I'm trying yeah. to think. I mean, like obviously DeAndre Swift, Hawkinson, um, Marvin Jones, Galladay, Galladay, yeah, and Galladay's got like superstar status, which is, I thought was funny because like because <laughs> he like, leaves, he goes to the Giants, and he sucks again. But yeah, anyways. Marvin Jones hasn't had that good of a year. No, either. he hasn't. Yeah, it's been crazy. Like That's some what, of the best Lions players have left, and it's like. They really didn't do a lot. So I'm it's telling like, you, man, mm-hmm. Stafford made those guys look really good. He did. I agree. He and threw I think them open. I think we're learning that a lot. Not not that Stafford doesn't have stars to work with, but I think what Cooper Cup's doing is a lot more. It, it's a lot of Stafford too. Well, absolutely, but it's also one of those things where you know a wide receiver is only as good as his quarterback, and a quarterback's only as good as his wide receivers. That's so true. It's got to be a mutual re- relationship, and I don't know. It, it never ends up being that way. Like Justin Jefferson gets a ton of praise, and I think he's amazing. He, he's yeah. in, absolutely incredible. But you know, Kirk Cousins does. You know, he's the one throwing it to him, mm-hmm. so he's got to he's got to get the timing right and all the other stuff. So they've got a good thing going, even though that you know Kirk Cousins doesn't get a lot of credit. Yeah, Jefferson gets all the credit, but. It's got to be shared, you know? Yeah, quarterbacks get credit for wins yeah, and get killed for losses, and then wide receivers get all the credit for the stats. And, like, quarterbacks, it's just, oh, you're just padding your stats. Or, yeah. of course, you did good when you're throwing to Calvin Johnson, which, don't get me wrong, you're throwing to Calvin Johnson, it makes it easy. Well, and even, like, you know, actually a really good example, and we'll get into it probably later, but I'm on Ross St. Brown, started the year, and everybody was really frustrated with him not mm-hmm. being a part of this offense or actually not being good. That's what people yeah. were frustrated with. That's true. And he just ran those like simple, little tiny two to three yard routes all the time, and they were mad. People were mad when he was getting a three yard gain. It's like, what are they having him run? That's the only thing he's doing. They're not letting him do anything. Now you're seeing him come into his own where he's getting these fifteen, twenty yard plus, you know, touchdown type of uh, of opportunities on the yep. field, and he's taking advantage of it. And now we're seeing how good he is. And now his quarterback knows, and uh, yeah, but. That's where it's it's not only teammate with your quarterback, but it's also offensive coordinator, game plan, all that stuff. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely get in some some lines talk here shortly. But let's let's uh, jump into to our beer introductions. I'm sorry. Uh, one of the issues we're having today is our 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 I broke I broke a cord. Another cord's not working. Um, so we don't so have mad. any drops. So we don't mad. have he just any reads. Started bending stuff. And yeah, and then pop. I broke it. <laughs> yeah, it was brutal. Who knows that? Who knew I had that strength? But I need to buy a seven dollar cord before next week. Just hold me to that, all right? I I think we need to <laughs> test out your iPad. I might have to give you something instead of this thing. Instead of the iPad? I, I don't know what else. I guess I could put it on my phone. I could do the same thing that I did here and do it right on my phone. Yeah. I mean, I've got one of those other tablet type of things. Oh, you do? Yeah. yeah I could, I could, easily, just give we it could easily download that. I mean, I'd, I've never used it. Yeah? Yeah. A tablet? A full tablet? You have a full tablet that you've never used? Yeah. 
Really? I think it's in my drawer at work. Yeah. Man. I think. I'm not even sure where it is. First world problems, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no <there>. kidding. <laughs> Jeez. I used to feel bad for you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, anyways, let's, let's grade our Siciliano's Michigan beers. Uh, this is actually... We're not going to grade it. Let's introduce them. How yeah, let's that? introduce them. And, and I'm not even going to do the read. It's not worth it. Uh, well, it is worth it. But I have, I have sad news. This is going to be their their last part, their last podcast that they were sponsoring um, for the foreseeable future. I'm going to tr- see if we can get back in there. But uh, the contract expired at the uh, first of the year. So this is their last last episode as as a sponsor of State of My Sports. So thank you, Sicilian's Market, for being part of the State of My Sports family like you were. Yep. Um, we'd Absolutely. really like to get things rolling again. If there's any other beer distributors, store type things that want to hop on board, we're, we're open to some some ideas. So yeah, come find us. Come find us, and we'll, actually, I'm going to be finding you. Trust me, I'm gonna be <laughs> I'm gonna be pushing the the papers around. No, it doesn't it doesn't change the way we feel about Sicilian's, right? They're awesome. Not at all. They're yeah. local. We love we'll them. We'll still be buying our beer from them. Yeah, we'll still go there. <laughs> we're still gonna go there, pick out our beer until we have a sponsor that tells us not to. <laughs> There you go. Yes, right. You've been so, warned. hop on board, share it with your friends, and, and tell them that. Tell Siciliano if go to Sicilianos and tell them that they should really re up with State of My Sports podcast. Do that because that was one of the reasons it is not enough of our listeners were, were giving us credit for for uh, yeah hearing about it. And right. that, that look, it's that's your the fault, only way you ours. can measure it. Yeah, it's the listeners' fault. <laughs> that's the only way that these sponsors can measure it, is if you go in and tell them that you heard about them on State of My Sports. I mean, and that goes with all of our sponsors. Um, just let them know. Just a simple message would, would mean a lot for us. Um, I mean, that's yeah. my fault, too. Like, I'd go in there You'd and buy all there, kinds of yeah. stuff, and I never brought up State <laughs> of like, Sports. They didn't even, even know you're on the podcast. No, they don't even know. Like, yeah. Wait a second. No, I, I don't know who you are. So, yeah. No, but uh, anyways, let's, let's introduce our, our Michigan beers today. Sure. Uh, I'm, I'm drinking Eddie Van Hazy from Rockford Brewing Company. I like what they say on their can. They say, might as well jump onto this West Coast Hazy IPA. It ain't the worst thing you've ever seen. So uh, kind of like that, five point six percent alcohol. Um, um, if I find anything else on it, I'll give it to you. Sounds good. I'm drinking uh, from Witch's Hat Brewing Company, which is in South Lyon, Michigan. It is their uh, de- Detour Lord. How do you say that? Uh, what Detoured? Oh, is it Detoured? Deflowered. Deflowered. Oh, deflowered. that's inappropriate. Uh, yeah. We still have a. Do we have to put an E on this Ayo. now? Usually we don't. I mean, all right. So it's called Deflowered, and it is a it, hazy IPA. Um, this is how they describe it. They said, "What would what you have here is a super delicious." I'll be the judge of that. Which is hat. I will be the judge of that. You don't tell me if it's super delicious. Right. You got to give a grade. It's my time to Back give it off. a grade. Um, hazy and juicy IPA brewed with the following hops. Yep, so many hops. It says. Barley, you know it. Okay. Oats, faux show. Yep. Wheat, a little bit. Love, lots. Flour, blank. No, man. This is this is a dark, dark place. Man, man. I don't I don't know how I feel about this. I might not drink these again. <laughs> this is like this is single handedly turning us into a <laughs> speak over <no>. explicit <laughs> um, <laughs> podcast. But anyways. That's what I'm drinking. Yeah, I'm pretty pumped uh, to be drinking something out of Rockford. Rockford Brewing Rockford's Company. Rockford's good. I like their beer. Yeah, I, I don't think I've graded anything on no? the podcast from them. Yeah, so I'm I'm pumped about that. Mind we got to get a picture of your next pour. Hopefully it's better than the last one. Oh, yeah, let's not do that. <laughs> uh, you're listening to the state of my sports. Wait, hold on. Do you want me to, we, do you want me to put love, some of these? You love sports like a fat kid loves cake. Kid and cake? Hot, hot. Okay, hold on. <laughs> 
Fitz Craft Beer in Michigan That's way off. We may not be the authority, but we love both like <laughs> a fat kid loves cake. Hot, hot! There you this go. is State of My Sports. We're going to get into some Detroit Lions talk. They lost. We're back in the losing losing streak here. There we go, uh, fellas. To the Atlanta Falcons, 20-16, to behind another good defensive game plan by Aaron Glenn and execution by this uh, shorthanded Lions defense. Atlanta is not an explosive offense by any means, but it feels like we, week in and week out, the Lions defense makes every inch difficult for their opponent. I, I feel like I wrote this really well. Did I? Yeah, you, like you did. You did a good job. Uh, and it felt like that again against a veteran quarterback that has the ability to pick any defense apart. The Falcons were held to only 47 yards rushing and 207 yards uh, passing, uh, winning the time of possession battle three, 38 minutes and 5 seconds to 21 minutes and 55 seconds. Wow. That was the Lions winning that. that that's impressive uh, in, above, in, in and of itself. In of itself. Yeah. Um, with Goff out due to COVID, Tim Boyle stepped in, played pretty solid game, going 24-34 for 187 yards, a touchdown to Amon Ross St. Brown, and an interception late in the game that kind of sealed the loss there for the, the Lions. Uh, St. Brown had nine catches and 91 more yards to go with his TD. Man, he crushed it. And Jamal Williams was the lead back uh, with 19 carries for 77 yards. Amon Ross St. Brown, we, we brought him up in the intro, Um this dude's really starting to figure it out. He's good, man. And, yeah. And to do put up the numbers he had, like somebody has to put up numbers, right? Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's more than that. He's becoming uh, a weapon for for Detroit's offense. Look, he's not the prototypical wide receiver that you can build your franchise around, and he's not going to be the number one on this team um, if and when they're ever winning. You got to bring in somebody. But if he can be that complement piece, that Golden Tate. To I think he, that Calvin Johnson and Golden Tate were together for a bit, right? Yeah, they did. Yeah, maybe a year or two. Um, Golden Tate to Marvin Jones. Golden Tate. Um, there was other guys in there. Dan, uh, he he's a good. He's a, Golden Tate's a perfect example, I think. Where that I mean that that's kind of who he is. Yeah, in, in a way. Well, it seems like it just because it's an easy comparison with his size and then what yeah. he's been doing after the catch. Yeah, those are the obvious. Every every Lions fan is is compared him to Golden Tate, which is yeah. fair. But he kind of runs like him. He, he does. Kinda, like looks like he's him. Physical like him too. Yeah, definitely. Um, I like him, and he he doesn't have the arrogance that Golden Tate had, which I love because that was something that I had a hard time with Golden Tate about. Was I'm like, I don't really. I don't know. He just—he wasn't he was my hilarious. favorite when it comes to that. He—he he was funny. He was hilarious. You—I loved the antics. Like he would get like, you know, he'd make two guys miss and then get just knocked to the ground like crazy. <laughs> he'd stand up and do some weird like first down celebration. Yeah. But but that was just him. But I'm on St. Brown is his own guy. He can do his own thing, and he seems to be the hardworking type that wants to get back in the huddle and see what else he can do for the team. Mm-hmm. It, it, which includes blocking, which includes you know uh, being on the outside in the in the slot like. I just like his willingness to be a part of this team and and do it do it the coach's way. It seems like he's earned everybody's respect on the team. Yep. Which includes quarterbacks, includes coaching staff. They're calling his number now. Yep. And and like we said earlier, you know, his routes have gone from one, two, three yard routes where it was just a safety net guy to now now he's actually being the threat on the field. Mm-hmm. And I love seeing that because this is the kind of this is the kind of growth that we need from from this team with future draft picks. We need to know what we have mm. in order to invest in future I think, assets. I think having Hawkinson out has really benefited him because they were using him to open up Hawkinson. They were using him to take over 
you like kind of rub those run those rub routes and open up Hawkinson a little bit more where now he's running routes to catch the ball. He's running routes to be option one, if not two. You know what I mean? Um, which I, I, I think it's awesome. And it's very important. I mean, what was he, a fourth-round pick? Was it fourth, fourth round, yeah. If you can get an NFL wide receiver in the fourth round, see ya. Like, I'll, I'll take that all day, every day. Yeah, I think, to, it doesn't I think have to be seventh, a star. Seventh pick of the fourth round. Like, I mean, this guy, we were, we were trying to go wide receiver in the second round. We talked about it for sure. Third round, we were we were we had these guys circled, and and there are some guys that I really liked, and I still really like. But the fact that the coaching staff, uh, and and um, Brad Holmes, you know, they they saw something in him, like they didn't want to invest. They they wanted the core. They got the the linemen with the first three picks of last year's draft. They're all working out. They're working out really mm-hmm. well. Yeah. And then in the fourth round, they found an asset for the a future asset for wide receiver. In the fourth round, they found a future asset as a linebacker, and these guys are getting playing time. And I, I really like what the Lions did with last year's draft picks. Yeah, uh, Boyle, obviously with with um, uh, Goff out, he he didn't do anything. I mean, obviously the interception killed him, right? The the interception was that was who that killed. It him. was right there in your face. <laughs> that, right? that killed him. Yeah. <laughs> it was a terrible throw. Terrible, terrible throw. I'm not. I mean, I can't defend him. He played a pretty solid game. The numbers aren't. Outstanding, but he was—he looked way more confident than he did the first time. It was a Jared Goff type of game. But Jared Goff plays its game. Lions win this game, right? I is I, that safe I to say? Agree with that. Yes. Yeah. So thank, thank you, COVID, that Goff wasn't there. Like I'll take that. Yeah. Especially when we'll get into a little bit more um, with, with where things are going, with the standings and stuff. But I did want to talk a little bit more about this game. Um, it just felt like a perfect scenario. It felt like they competed, they played well, they may have been the better team at times, and they lost. And where we're at in the standings, I'll take that. I'll take that. It, it didn't feel like a waste of time. And I feel like there has been a couple games that you sit on, sit down on Sunday and you feel dirty that you just wasted four hours of your life watching this football game. I didn't feel that way after the game. No. It felt like we were it, – it, this was – because you saw them competing again. It was a competitive game. You saw their identity. We talked last week about identity, identity, identity. You know, the team, like, went out and dominated the Cardinals. We knew who they were. We knew the direction the team wants to go in the future. This game didn't change any of that. They, their starting quarterback was out. They have all of these guys out for the season with injuries. And yet these guys are out there competing. And and once again, the defense, the undermanned, outclassed, out-talented defense that they keep rolling out there keeps putting up numbers that are just really incredible in my mind you know they're holding these guys less than three touchdowns a game like I mean these this would be this would be celebrated in any other scenario other than just a two-win team yep you know this defense would be celebrated from when they started playing well when they started playing together really when the rookies started getting more playing time to uh now like these numbers at the Lions, i i really should be looking at the overall numbers of the lines defensive standings because i think they're pretty impressive yeah they, they i, I have haven't pulled that up in a while yeah um they've had a couple um rough games to say the least that could probably skew them in the wrong direction but when this team when the offense is is moving the ball and, and that's kind of what it is and i don't want to give the defense a ton of credit because the offense is playing perfectly for them they're they're controlling the the clock i mean time of possession was three 38 minutes to 22 minutes basically give or give or take five seconds that is a massive difference in an nfl football game 
in their stealing possessions. They had the fourth down um, fake punt, which was awesome. Great call by the team. Yeah, it I was, love it. That was that was what really cool. Because yeah, another great throw by Fox. Um, Should be our quarterback. Um, they were actually what three of four on fourth down. Yeah, people aren't talking about going. <laughs> you know, it's just so funny the way that we've we've talked about that enough though. Like just the, the hypocrisy. Hip- hypocrisy behind fans or in and talking heads um, that people might rely on a little a little too much but total yards lions 338 to 254 passing yards were, were even at 208 to 207 rushing yards again jamal williams he, he got the bulk of the carries 19 carries for 77 yards just a rotating door here at running back anybody can do it it's just this offensive line and this scheme it it's working and i'm telling you this is just screams colts to me it screams the way that they're building this organization is in the trenches, defensive line, offensive line, and our defense line's been way underrated too. Yeah, they might not be getting the sacks. They got three this week, which was awesome. Yep. Great to see. Yep. It's not game-changing. You have that guy. You don't have the Aaron Donald who's blowing things up left and right, and people are getting all excited about it. But they're playing pretty good football. Yeah. And that's awesome. McNeil had had a sack, which was awesome. Uh, Austin Bryant also had a sack. And then Derek Barnes got uh, – was that his first career sack? I, I, didn't, I, don't, I don't think it's his first, but no. I, I could be wrong about Man, that. Man, he had a good game, I thought. Yeah. It, quietly, he had a good game. Um, he's getting just, some snaps taken away from him, but I think he's playing good football. Yeah, but from – who? Who's getting us? Is it, it's like Hughes or something? Is it? Okay. Or yeah, I don't know. But, Morris? I mean, and anyways, I don't know. where are we at? Like, Also, Reeves Mabin. He's he's Man. playing good. Sorry, I meant to bring him up part of the whole thing there. Well, but. in our season intro, we talked about Reeves Mabin as having a a big part in this defense because of what Dan Campbell wanted to wanted to do. He wanted to be faster. Well, Reeves Mabin is a fast linebacker. He covers a lot of ground, um, and then and then really physical. And he's a, a complete sellout. Like he he just puts his body on the line all the time. So we we thought he would probably have a big role, but he just hasn't had just a big role. He's actually really excelled in this defensive scheme the style of defense that they're playing and i i think he's an asset he's a he's a piece for the future yeah i don't you think he's one of these guys that should be considered i don't know about what his contract is like but if we re-sign him uh this should be a guy that we we try to bring back he seems like he buys into the the coaching staff he's all in with this team and he would be a guy to to be one of those glue guys in the locker room to keep everybody together I think that's going to be a very interesting thing in this offseason. I'm sure you have – I haven't looked at the cap space. I haven't looked at the expiring contracts the way I, I probably should have yet. I know they're going to have a lot of space opening up. They're probably going to have to make a decision on guys like that. Look, I want to upgrade. Because one thing that I like about the, what this coaching staff is doing is, is they're using what they have, right? Yep. And they're getting those guys to buy in. But that's only one piece of the puzzle. you got to get – really good players in the NFL to buy in. Not saying Reeves Maven isn't, but is he going to be a piece when this team is ready to win? I would lean towards no, and, and it depends on who's available. Who can you bring in? Because, like, like I'm not going to throw any name out there that I because I don't know. I haven't looked at free agents, but, like, if you can't upgrade and also have that buy-in, and people are going to buy in if they're going to sign here. That's the key. They're not coming here to win a Super Bowl. They're coming in to buy into this coaching staff. Yeah. So I, I would assume that free agents are going to already have that buy-in mentality. Um, but if we can get better, I think that's where it's really going to be interesting if you can keep this foundation, lose players, lose part of that foundation, and kind of keep going in the right direction. That's going to be a, a really tough, tough thing to do, I think. Yeah, but I think what you're really going to see is this organization – 
get better through the draft. And, and you're going to see the draft capital come back to fruition. That That's how you build in the NFL. Yeah. And, and yes, you fill your pieces. You fill the gaps with free agents, and there's no problem with doing that. And Lions have done that in the past. Was I know Stephen Tullock was a free agent signing yep. that was really underrated at the time, or it was turned out to be underrated because he was a good middle linebacker. Those are the guy, kind of guys that we could bring in when, when the time is right. But what's most important, I think you the glue guys right now in the rebuild is – they have to be the ones to be the intermediary between the rookies that get signed, which is our really upgraded talent. The, w- yeah. What we're hoping is the best upgraded talent, and then you know to the coaching staff. So then, what the coaching staff, those rookies have to fit in with the veterans that are like Jalen Reeves, Maven, Maven, and some of the other you know Alex Anzalone and all these guys. If they if they feel like they have somebody to learn from. That understand the system that that plays really hard and fast, and you know you, they have to outwork him, outcompete him, yeah. and all that stuff. Those are the guys we need. So I agree with you. Um, maybe he's not one that makes us a great defense, but I mean, look at the fruit right now, right? I mean, their their defense is. If we're ready to compete on the offensive end, and our defense is playing like this, they're playing good enough to win every week right now. They are, and honestly. I know, look, we haven't played an extremely good team in the last several I guess Arizona, some people might think they're really good. Yeah, they, I, they shot themselves in the foot, yeah. But, like, I don't see them playing anybody that they can't compete with playing the way that they are. I mean, the Packers come to mind. I don't think they, you, I don't think they okay, have well, the, the superstar talent they need to compete with them. But they have the ability to steal possessions, slow the game down, Keep Aaron Rodgers on the side. Look, I'm not saying the Lions are as good as the Packers. I'm just saying the way that this team is rolling, the way that they're doing it, it can be done against some of the best teams in football. Yeah. I believe that. If, I, if, I know, you, can go, if you can go shot for shot with them, yes, I agree with you. I don't you. think you have to go shot for shot with them. Well, not, not meaning you score every time you have the ball, but you have to be able to match the production that Aaron Rodgers will guaranteed put up. You're not going to shut yeah. him out. No, I, I agree with that. And that, look – yeah, Packers are a different breed, but you start looking at, and, and this is kind of part of the, the conversation here, is um, the 49ers and Eagles are both currently in a playoff spot, 8-7. Eight, eight and seven. You got the Vikings and Falcons in the hunt at 7-8. and eight. I don't think the Lions are, like, game in, game out, yeah. that much worse than the 7-8 and eight teams. And look, I, I think the 49ers can, they probably have a much higher upside the Eagles, I know we got smoked by them, but that game that game hit the fan so fast yeah. that you couldn't do what you're doing now. I'm just like, I do you think that? I know there's a full off season, a full draft, and stuff, but there's no reason why this team can't be in that that mediocre spot next year, right? Uh, like where where are you thinking? Like no, I I agree with you. I think you know six seven wins and and it's a sneaky eight. Is within the realm of possibility next and, year. And let's be let's be honest. If they do things the right way in the draft, so I assume that team's going to get more talented. I like the foundation that's being set. I like the way that they're going to be a run first offense behind Goff. They're not going to go in and take a quarterback and all of a sudden be a throw throw first offense. We're Aaron Rodgers away, or Aaron Rodgers leaving away from being competing, competing for this division. Yeah, I like where the Lions are compared to the Bears. 
I know they have their their quarterback, but they're going to fire their coach. It's going to be a whole new new, new regime. Yeah, that's not, that's the last thing you want. They're not in a great cap space. They're they don't have a first round pick or first round pick this year. They already blew that, right? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot. You're looking going at a wrong rookie a rookie quarterback going into his second year with a second head coach. Yep. And the Vikings are in cap hell. The who knows what's going to go on with uh, um, Kirk Cousins and all all that stuff. Like so many question marks there and. Devontae Adams is, is expiring. What are what is going to happen? He's going to follow mean, Aaron Rodgers. He's going to follow likely. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is gone, right? They're, that's already been established, I would assume, like unless things come crazy. But start we'll see. Out. Yeah, we'll see what happens with that. But I'm assuming he's going to be gone. I'm going to stick to his word. I mean, he seems to be a well, stick-to-my-word type guy. Yeah, it, so like, tell me the Lions aren't in a better spot than at least two of the teams heading into next year. No, and, and I agree, 100% agree with you. I think we can have an identity similar to what the 49ers want to do. You know, they have their running attack. They have what they want to do on defense, turn the ball over, you know, go get the quarterback and all that stuff. That That's a great spot to be. Um, but if you look at, like, the Eagles and the Vikings and Falcons, at least the Lions have that. At least they have their identity. They have, like, a, ma- a, a baseline of young talent that's leading their defensive line right now, that's mm-hmm. leading their offensive line right now. Though, if those are set, those are solid, and now we start building the the building blocks around them, and and it's not like we don't have cornerbacks. We just most of them are hurt. Three of them are. Yeah. So if we right? if we continue to build that group, now we have depth and talent, yeah. and then you can choose between which ones you want. Yeah. The guys like Jerry Jacobs, who you know, now you know is are kind of gamers, can step once, in. once he comes back from injury, yep. then he can supplement Jeffrey Okuda if he comes back as a corner. If if not, you know, yeah. that's maybe a safety group's bolstered or whatever you want to, whatever you want to say. Like our goal is to upgrade all of these areas of weakness, but, but not only that with the injuries that are coming back, it can now turn into a place of depth, which, which I think the conversation started with Amon Rice, Ross and Brown. We have, uh, Reynolds, Josh Reynolds. Yep. Who's really stepped in, and we yes. everybody likes and what he's like doing. It sounds like he wants to come back. They're saying that. We'll yep. see what happens. But, but he's a big bodied, uh, you know, faster, more prototypical wide receiver. N- number type. one frame. Yep. Not number one yet. But no, but but the frame. You're right. So yep. so you have him mixed with uh, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Quintess Sivas coming back from injury again. We're coming to talk about injuries coming back. We have T.J. Hawkinson coming back from injury next year. <laughs> like maybe, yeah, but all of these guys, you're you're talking about depth now. Mm. And now, now when when somebody else gets injured, everybody there's always going to be an injury. Yep. But now we can actually handle it. Now we've established who are the gamers, who are not, yeah. who can play, who can't, and and hopefully we add a top talent at wide receiver in this draft as well. And now he's just part of the mix. Yeah. And and we're talking about that in, at the linebacker position, wide receiver, cornerback, safety, like all these areas of of weakness, and you know defensive end. Mm. Yeah. Aquara Brothers back. I mean, there's there are pieces there. I, yeah. I guess that's yep. the point. Not that we're gonna go take the world by storm and win a Super Bowl. Are we Bowl. gonna sign resign Charles Harris? Like that that's another thing. There you go. But, and but I think we have Trey Flowers for one more year. I think he's an opt out or a buyout candidate, but I think he's under one more year. But we also didn't get ourselves in any more of those situations. We didn't try to go get a Trey Flowers this year. We got yep. Brashad Perryman, cut him, and guess what? He doesn't hurt us at all. <laughs> yeah. Going into next year. And that, that's Williams, the beauty of what him, we did. Yeah. Yeah. All the one-year contracts that we got, got that got us through. Those guys are hardly even playing right now. We're we're on the guys that are, um, you know, part of the part of the future. Yeah. Um. So one more thing that I want to bring up, if as long as I remember. Uh, oh yeah, the the standings now. So lines lost, great. Um, competed. It was fun to watch. Uh, with the Jets and Houston winning, the Lions can now afford to win one more game. So you're down to two. 
Uh, two games left. Feels good. Crazy. Um, but without moving down in the draft, so right now we're, we're basically solidified at, at, at two. I don't think the Jags are going to somehow win a game. Too bad they didn't win this week um, against the Jets. They should have. But anyways. They tanked it hard. Yeah. One yard line, three plays to do it, or two plays to do it. Yeah. Or, and then they spiked one of them, yeah. which was Trevor Lawrence. And then there was a false start. Was there a false start? Oh, yeah, I didn't, false oh, start I didn't know that. Ended, ended 10 second runoff, lost the game. Oh, I didn't they know that. Didn't that sounds like a Lions ball. loss. Well, that's a sounds tank like job. Sounds like a way the Lions was. Oh, that's yeah. a tank job for sure. Right. 100%. But, anyways, the Lions are at a point that they could, let's say, go in, compete hard, win a game against Seattle, and not move down in the draft. You're still going to get one or two, Thibodeau. Hutchinson, whoever's left. I love that. I yep. love that we have a little bit of room because if they would have, if Houston and the Jets, would, well, we'll get into but another win would have really hurt their draft stock, their draft position. Look, I was all for winning a couple weeks ago or last week when they did it against um, Arizona um, because I, I didn't worry too much between one and two. I was a little worried to win another one and lose that number two spot. Yep. Now that we have that flexibility, I say go out and win one more mother effing game and continue to build and set that culture as a winning culture now. Like they're 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 competing. That's not a question. Now can they win is another question and I like what they're doing. The best part about the loss is that you know the locker room thinks that they won the game. They outplayed the other team. Everybody yeah. saw that. The fans saw it, the players know it. Everybody knows that the Lions outplayed them in that game. They just lost, and they lost without their starting quarterback. So they can they can swallow that loss. They yep. they understand why they ended up losing the game. So I think it's a, it's not a bad. It wasn't a negative to the locker room them losing that game, yep. right? No, so I, I agree. I, agree. I, I think um, you know it's a great spot to be in because um, as long as we don't win the next two, we're not going to fall any more spots. And the the top two is important because Aiden and Kayvon Thibodeau are are really the elite talents in this draft class. For now. For now. We'll I mean, see. I think Evan Neal might jump up and, yeah. and become, because you know, the Jacksonville want to protect their starting quarterback of the future, so they might go left you tackle. They could go tackle. and then, uh, wow, Absolutely, man. they could. And then we have our pick at number two. Um, but but that also opens up trade possibilities because it, if another team wants to go and choose get an elite defensive end, then they, they give up their draft slot, and, and we have the Giants, Eagles, uh, Jets, all of them have multiple first round picks. Yeah. So they're they're thinking that they maybe they want to give up some of those assets to go get the elite guys that they really want. Man, it'll be interesting. And Lions are sitting in a very good spot. Um, I'll take it. I'll take where we're at. And you mentioned golf real quick. I, I we should probably wrap up the Lions talk here soon. We got a lot of Michigan to talk. How is golf? Has he changed anything? Can this team? Like I'm assuming this this is their guy. I'm starting to think that it feels because. Like it. One thing, as soon as you draft your quarterback, you start your clock of your build. Your build is over when you draft a quarterback. Like that's that's when your clock starts as a GM and a head coach. You don't get much more time. If they can ride out this golf contract two, three more years, let's say two more years, and then they draft their quarterback. Yeah. Now they're they're, they're they. I think they both signed six year deals. Maybe one was a seven year deal. They're running those out. You know what I mean? Like you're not going to get fired when you still haven't drafted your quarterback yeah. and picked out the way you want to build and play this football game. You know what I mean? I really – so I've, I've been going back and forth about this because I've been doing a lot of mock drafts lately. I don't want a quarterback with their first pick of the first round. I agree. Um, but that second pick of the first round is really intriguing because – really because of Sam Howell and and maybe one of the other quarterbacks. Corral? 
No, I don't like Matt Corral. No. Not for the Lions. No, I think he's too much of a wild card. I don't think he's that good of a runner. He's not a Kyler Murray type. But who's the, who's Nevada's court? Carson Strong. I hate Carson Strong. Okay, I, I, I don't. Know. I don't hate him. I, I sorry, Carson. Uh, yeah, I know I'm you're. I'm gonna listening. cut out the. <laughs> I'm gonna cut it out where you no, said I don't. I, I, I just, don't hate him. So I he's gonna think he I, hates you. I don't want him. I don't. I don't like the way he throws the ball. Um, I I think Sam Howell is the intriguing one to me because he was an elite quarterback prospect until he lost like a bunch of first round talent. Okay, and then uh, or first and second round talent really with Deami Brown going in the second or third round, but I to me he is the most pro style, most ready pro ready quarterback of all of them. He just didn't have an, a dominating season this year, mm-hmm. and it might hurt his draft stock. And I think so. Other guys will be ahead of him, which I'm okay with because I don't want the other guys. I don't want Kenny Pickett. I don't want him. I, I've been watching his film. I'm not a huge fan of him. I don't think he's one for the future. I don't think he's as good as uh, what's his name from the Patriots that they just drafted last Mac year. Jones. I don't think he's a Mac Jones. I really don't. Like Mac Jones was special to me because of his decision making and, and yeah. his perfection balls that he throws sideline to sideline. That's not Kenny Pickett to me. I think right. I think Kenny Pickett just kind of had good circumstances this year. Um, I I don't want. Yeah, I shouldn't get too much into the quarterback thing, but I I think with. The Lions, they have to decide. One of these guys has to be convincingly, no matter what, absolutely their guy for the future. And so if they look at Sam Howell and they're convinced and they go get him, I'm okay with starting that clock right now, this year, if they found their guy, if they go get him. If their guy is sitting there. I think that's one thing we're seeing is the way that their draft was run last year, um, they didn't move up and panic and go get the guy they wanted. Yep. And they just let it fall into place because they had multiple places that they could have gone. First and second round. First and second round. And that was what I was going to say is they didn't trade up the second time. They wanted him. They were like, oh, their their lips were, they were licking their lips like, we got to go up and get, who was it, McNeil? Levi. Levi, Levi and Ruzurike, yeah. right? They wanted him so bad. They talked about moving him up. It wasn't worth it at the time. And they still got him. And that's where I'm like, this team's still at a spot that they can be, be patient and hope that it falls in line. But they're not gonna they're not gonna go get somebody just for the sake of going and getting them. You know what I mean? They'll take their best player, their who they think is best, right in there, right now. You know what I mean? And I think that's really important, especially the way that um sorry, I can't think of the, the GM's name. Brad um, Holmes. Brad Holmes. The what they talked about he did with the Rams and what he's been part of, I think is is it's gonna work. And He's not going to go out and be the smartest guy in the room. He doesn't need to prove anything like uh, Bob Quinn felt like he had to do. He had to prove himself to not just be another Patriot spinoff. And Patricia didn't have – he didn't have to prove himself. We have two guys that are comfortable with who they are, comfortable with their vision, and ready to go all in with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I kind of went in circles there, but – no, but but so again, if they found their guy at quarterback and he's there with the second exactly. pick of the first yep. round, then I'm okay with starting that rebuild. And then you have the last year of Goff's contract as it currently stands to to be a leader of the of the clubhouse and all that stuff. But then you get your other guy, and I really do. The more I see the uh, the NFL, I I see the value in having somebody earn their spot or, or take a year and watch a quarterback because there's a lot of decision making and defensive reading and all this stuff going on. And, and that's one year of just understanding, you know, getting the lingo, getting the, the it's a new language going into the NFL. So that's another year for these guys to just get up to speed with it. Less yep. thinking overall and more reacting. And then that just 
breeds success and it, and it breeds confidence. Yeah, golf has grown on me. That's kind of the the point of the story for me is is he's really growing on me. I like him as a person. I like his interviews. I like what he's doing on the field. I think he's growing into what we thought he was going to be. We talked about that enough last week. But yeah, I just trust Brad Holmes at this point. I do too. With his draft That's that he's pulled off, I, I trust his direction of the team. I trust his decision-making, and, and we're we're basically in the Stevie Y kind of mindset right now. Yeah. Uh, once again, our bumps are not working, but I did want to quick shout out our, our uh, social media, State of My Sports on YouTube, State of My Sports on Facebook, like our page, share it. Obviously, we're, we're on the podcast platforms. Give us a five-star rating. Share it with your friends. I mean, we wanted this thing to keep on growing, so please share it. It will really help us out, but the five-star rating, all that kind of stuff really helps us get found uh, for people that are just looking at uh, podcasts for, for the state of Michigan. Uh, real quick, on, on the MSU Peach Bowl, uh, Thursday night, Mel Tucker's number 10 Michigan State Spartans take on a familiar face, Pat Narduzzi's number 12 Pittsburgh Panthers at the Peach Bowl in Atlanta. You can watch the Spartans matchup on Thursday night, 7 p.m. on ESPN, while the betting line opened at Pitt minus four, with Kenny Pickett opting opting out, uh, the line moved and settled in at Spartans, actually, minus two and a half, even with Walker opting out. Um, is this the wash that Spartan fans are kind of... Like, every Spartan fan I talk to, they're, they're saying how, oh, well, it's even because Kenny Pickett opted out and Kenneth Walker opted out. I think that is complete... Bullcrap. And look, I, I feel like I'm getting more and more hating towards Spartan fans, but I think when you, they when I lose back to back to them, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that. Um, I think a quarterback at opt out is completely different than a core, a running back. And I think the betting line showed it. as soon as Kenny Pickett opted out, the line moved what five points or no? It was, sorry, six and a half points. It moved. And then when Walker opted out, it didn't move anymore. Yeah. Um. Look, I mean, I, I mean, I what? don't, I don't want to hate on what, what. What he did, what what Kenneth Walker did, it was an amazing season, but it's a quarterback compared to a running back. Well, and it's quarterback for Pitt, so let's not let's not pretend that Pitt doesn't rely on Kenny Pickett a hundred percent. Like he is their offense; they need him to compete there. The reason they have the bull that they have right now, or he is, he's the yeah. reason they 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 are where they are. Um, it's not like they have crazy talent everywhere you look around them. It, it's Kenny Pickett and the rest of the team. So, yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't even really care that much about this game. Isn't that weird? I and don't I, care. This is technically a, a New Year's Six Bowl, right? Yeah. Like this is. Why a are people opting out? Deal. It's so frustrating. And I actually. So last week we talked about it, or maybe it was two weeks. ago. It doesn't matter. And I said the only way to get rid of these opt outs is expanding a playoff. Yeah. So I was thinking about this on Sunday. Actually, I was like, that that's false. That that was a really dumb thing to say. And I didn't hear anybody else say this. This is actually an epiphany for my for myself. Is it's not about the game. It's not about a exhibition game that nobody cares about. You know what it's about? It's about the four to five weeks between your game and your bowl game. It's four to five weeks of sticking to class. It's four to five weeks of following your head coach's rules. It's four to five weeks of catering to the athletic department, following these rules, doing jumping through hoops just to play in an exhibition football game. It has nothing to do with... They don't want to play this football game. They don't. They want to play in this Peach Bowl. They would play in this Peach Bowl. They would risk the inner, a, a, injury to play in this game. But when it's four to five weeks of 
long, grueling football and you're just prepping for this game that nobody really cares about, that's where these guys are like, screw that. I'm going to go home to my family for the holidays. I'm going to go do this. I don't need any of that. Yeah, you're right. It's the holiday season. It's the time. Yeah. And I'm, I think that the, the bowl thing can still work. And I, I know this is the opposite of what I've said in the past. I don't know if it, it can. If they're willing to adjust and move it up, move it up to a week and a half. Look, we have teams, Central Michigan, for example. They were going to go play in an Arizona Bowl, right? The other team got COVID and can't play. So what they do? They move it to another bowl. They're going to play on Saturday instead of, yes, today, I think. Yeah. It's like, okay, if you can do that, yeah. you can play a football game a week and a half after the season. So you can lay out all the bowl games before the 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 conference championship games. Play them play it that following week. Play them These during, guys during don't the conference need championship. It. Just do a fun just do it. Yeah. Well, the, what is the point of waiting 4 to 5 weeks? The, pr- the problem is they don't want to lose their sh- the tradition or money, depends how you look at it, but the tradition of the bowl game. So they they don't want to change that about college football. They want to hold on to the history that they've created a long time ago. We're not seeing the, the bowl games. We're not we're, these guys are opting out like crazy. It's not yeah. it's not like the only guys who are playing are the seniors and underclassmen who are trying to the, the underclassmen who are trying to earn a spot for the next year and prove themselves and and then the seniors, the ones that are not going to get drafted, who have no stock in, in that game at all and they just want to like go out on some sort of winning, you know, high. Like these games are undervalued. They're not the same as, as what they used to be in the past anyway. So let's fix the issue. There's an issue that everybody sees. People yeah. don't even watch these games right now. The ratings are are in the basement. Nobody's watching any of them, yeah. even when they are playing. Why? Because you're not even watching a good brand of football. You're not watching the best brand of football that we know is available to us. When no. Kenny Pickett's not playing for Pitt, nobody cares about Pitt. Yeah. So why are we watching that? I agree. Only Pitt cares about Pitt. Only Pitt fans if, care. And if Kenneth Walker's not playing for MSU, then if you're a Sparty fan, like, yeah, I want to see what, what um, yeah. how the team does without him, but I, I don't care about it. They're, like, their competition isn't, isn't what it should be. Yeah. So why do I care about the game? Yep. It's a New Year's Six game. Yeah, I, I we don't, should care. Yeah, we should. And, I mean, Ohio State's they earned it. it. They're, they're opting out of the Rose Bowl. Yeah. The Rose Bowl, the granddaddy of them all. People don't care. Nobody cares. The players don't care, so why should we care? And but again, I don't think it's the game. I think it's the time. I think it's the effort. I really think so. If you have four to five weeks, I, that's just what I keep saying. I think it's five weeks since Michigan State's played roughly. Those are that. Then that right there is a good amount of time you can focus on the draft, right? And I agree with that completely. I don't hate anybody that that opts out. I agree with it. But if you make that. Two weeks after, a week after the the Big Ten championship game, you play the bowl games. Some of them you can you can mix and match. Nobody cares. Like throw it on a Thursday during the day, you're gonna get the same amount of people watching. I I understand what you're saying. The best way to make sure these teams play the games is to expand the playoff. I agree. That's the best way and, and play it. But but there, I just there think are it's another options. it's another option that yeah. I didn't think about uh, until then. Again, let's get back into. The Michigan State game. Uh, 
Thorne, Why? Naylor, and Reed. Real quick. You don't want to? <laughs> no, no, no. Go ahead. All Sorry. right. Uh, need to lead this offense. Pitt has the sixth best run defense in the country and our 105th nationally in pass defense. MSU has an underrated passing game, mainly because of the season Walker had. Uh, without him, it will be interesting to see if, like, the game's going to be on, on Thorne's back. When the Thor- when the game's been on his back, it hasn't gone well for him. But he still has that ability, and he has the weapons, and I think it's a very underrated aspect of Michigan State. And if I was a Spartan fan, which, and, and look, I'm going to watch the game anyways, but I'm interested to see what this guy can do with his weapons without the safety net of, of Kenneth Walker. Similar to what the Lions are doing without Swift, and obviously it's a little different because you can you can – rotating door at, at running back for the for the Lions. But I, I think it's interesting to see. And I don't think they're going to bring in any running back that's going to, you know, explode. You, you have two guys that are probably going to just be gone next year. If not, uh, I honestly don't know. I mean, you got Elijah Collins and Jordan Simmons for 66 carries this year for 342 yards. That's what they did. I don't think either of them are going to be the lead back next year. Yeah, Simmons has the best chance, but no, you're right. Yeah. So I'm not too interested in that, but what I would want to see is what Thorne can do. Can he take another step? Can he do something against a pretty good defense? Yeah, the pass defense isn't great, but this is a team that just won their conference. This is a team that was right there. Um, and, yeah, we pick it out. The defense gets a little bit of a breather. The final score isn't very interesting to me, but how Michigan State's offense looks without a Kenneth Walker is interesting to me. What do you think about that? Yeah, I'd like to see how Peyton Thorne plays in this game. He's the main focus for me to see what he what he does. Um, nothing, nothing really other than that. Again, the final score doesn't matter to me because nobody cares anymore. Nobody cares. Like the, people don't even hold bowl losses against these teams anymore either. Like the last time yeah. I can remember is when That's the true. Big Ten really struggled several years ago, and that like I feel like everybody lost in the bowl games. And they hated on them, right? And, and well, SEC country hated on them. Yeah. But then the next year, SEC I think, was awful. Yeah, Big Ten just dominated bowl games, and then I think that's when everybody said, "Yeah, who cares?" SEC was sitting everybody. Big Ten played everybody. It doesn't matter anyways. And and then since then, it's just been like a free for all. Nobody really care. Like they're not held to that standard. It, there's no repercussions at One all. One thing that you might care about. And maybe you do, maybe you don't. But I'm going to pose this as as the question. We can end the Spartan conversation with that. We don't really need to get into the game, right? That's basically what you're saying. Yeah, let's not do it. Um, one thing that's happening is Mel Tucker is allowing transfer portal guys, guys that are on Michigan State's team and have already entered the transfer portal, to play in this game. What do you think about that? I think it's a I think it's a ploy for him to uh, get more transfer transfers into the program. Okay. And, and I think he wants to win and he wants to recruit off of a uh, number of wins for a season. Cause uh, what are they right now? 11 wins. They have 10, I they have think. 10 or 11. I, I don't know. They lost this. two games. So it should be 10 wins. So if they're 10 wins right now, I think he wants to recruit with an 11 win season. I, I think he wants to win this game, I guess is where I'm going. And his best chance of doing that is to have his transfer players play the game. Um, I get the argument on both sides of it. You know, this some guys have already decommitted from this team, in a sense, and they're still allowed to play for the team. Makes no sense. I I would be furious if yeah. I was a player. Yeah, I if you're in the locker room, in. yeah, th- then you feel like you've been betrayed by these guys, 
and and then they your go coach out is going and, and we'll see what kind of playing time they get. Yeah. Obviously, that has something to do with it. Maybe they but just you're need supposed bodies. To, but you're supposed to like the most the most influential thing you can do for a football team is to not play for the coaches, not play for the program, but for the play for the guy next to you. When you when you talk about former players who won championships, they said they were doing it for the guy next to them. Yeah, you know that's what that's, that's a what cliche. They say. That's yeah, a cliche yeah, thing yeah, for sure. But but that's what they say, and and the guys who really buy into it, like Michigan, kind of you know hear rumblings that they have in that kind of a sense this year, and, and back in their championship winning days, that's what they would say is it's for the guy next to you. So, do you have that same level of respect or? Or even like trust in those guys who are not with the program anymore that they're going to sell out 100 percent like you. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, like, I, I would have it's a, really a weird hard dynamic. Time with it. I would yeah. have a very very hard time with it. Uh, Pat Narduzzi uh, disagrees with, with what Spartans are doing. He says I think it sets a bad precedent. Uh, I watched the Florida uh, game the other night and saw that the starting quarterback is already in the portal. What's going on here? I think the portal is bad enough as it is. Uh, we've been lucky and fortunate. Uh, I think we've got a great culture uh, where our guys hang in there. We've got guys coming back for a fifth and sixth year. We have not had that problem, so we're blessed that way. But it's a bad deal when you let guys go in the portal and still play for you. I just wonder what it's like in the locker room, and you wonder why you lose, why you lose like that in a game. I don't know what, the, what do you well, mean. Well, I think I think he's saying like why you know look at Florida like why you think oh yeah like yeah, why okay. would you lose in that kind of a game against a team that you're way better than because I mean, you have a quarterback that's have has one foot out the door exactly yeah so he thinks it's a bad precedent in that way yeah and I, I kind of agree I I don't think transfer portal guys should play I no think if 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 it were my team I I wouldn't allow it what did I say earlier I didn't give my opinion I just I don't said think the you reason really did. yeah, yeah. It, I so I think I, it's numbers personally for Michigan State. I think they need he bodies. Wants, he wants to win the game. I, I still stand by that. I think Mel yeah. Tucker wants to win the game, and I. But I agree with you. I I think if you're in the in the transfer portal, that at that point you are you no longer associated with any team. You know that's your own yeah. decision. You got to live by your own decisions. And if you're gonna say like, let's just say I go out there and I say, nope, I am not committed to this to to my job anymore. I'm basically saying that I'm no longer bound to them through the contract that we have yeah. and I'm not going to get paid anymore by them. Like that's on me. But then I, you kind of look at it is you usually give it two week notice, right? Like that's kind of the typical thing with a job. So you already have one foot out the door. Um, I, I may have seen this at my office recently, Yeah, but you have one foot out the door, but you still get to work for two weeks or you still, have the, the that's kind of the the prototypical thing, right? Is yeah, I'm gonna give my two weeks and I'm done after that. So that's another yeah. way. Like I haven't thought about it that way with business until until you just said that. It's like yeah, I kind of contradicted myself, didn't I? Because because I don't know you if you are, did. I was just thinking like, well, as an employee, you're giving your employer uh benefit of reacting. Yeah, of time, right? To I'm react. not going to be here next year, but I will be here until you don't need me to be, and that's finish the season. I might have just changed my my thought on it. Yeah, I don't know. And either. an employer being like, yeah. "Oh man, this is tough. How much time we got on yeah. this?" Well, <laughs> no, that like, does bring up a good point. If you've committed to this season, then you should play out the full season. I would make my. But then I would don't make answer my the transfer portal until then. That is the problem. They should. They yep. should. 
limit the, the the time that they're allowed to be in the transfer portal yeah. and make it during February. Exactly. They could say on New Year's Day, yeah, I'm entering the transfer portal, and they wouldn't have lost any sleep over it. Yeah. No, they wouldn't have lost an opportunity, nothing like that. It would just be... So that's what the problem is. That's the Don't problem. answer the transfer portal or enter the transfer portal until the season's officially done. Why aren't we Maybe move the up the bowl games a couple weeks so they can not miss out on that opportunity. Man, right? NCAA gets everything wrong. NCAA is one of the worst run organizations. I don't know how they're doing what they're doing. They're so profitable, I'm sure. And they're, they're just they're literally like why? sleeping on money. Suck. Yeah. But they're so bad. Like They're, they're so <laughs> hypocritical. Yeah. It's so frustrating. I hate the NCAA. I hate the NCAA. It's the worst. It is. Same. I used to not be able to get a ride from my head coach back from the because practice field <laughs> back to because that would be like a special favor that other students would not have the opportunity to get a ride from one place to another <laughs> within <laughs> campus grounds. And so, like, he would say no, and I would walk like a mile, and, and then he'd be, and I get back. Well, it wasn't a mile. It just felt like because there was a big hill, but. Um, <laughs> But then, like, you know, like, I look at these guys that are playing for Michigan, playing for Alabama, like, what? Like, you don't, <laughs> yeah. Like, they don't, you don't, I don't know. I just don't see how that's comparable. But the NCAA made my coach react that way, and it was just ridiculous. Yeah. And now I see, like, you know, these teams that get everything paid for them, like, amazing steak dinners or fish dinners whenever they wanted <laughs> yeah. for the basketball team or football team. And, and like, they can be treated like that. And that's, that's okay, part of the rules, but I can't get a ride from my coach but from the practice field back to the locker room. Yeah. Jeez. Because if that well, happened, you know they would somebody would have found out and called Oakland University out on that. Totally. Because <laughs> like, of our well, comp- they're they're disqualified for, our level for the playoffs of now. Competition. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It'd be like, no, doesn't work anymore. No, sorry. Our compete level is too high. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> be like, no, we're, we're gonna have to take those three wins from you guys. Golden Grizzlies. <laughs> hey, come on now. We got, more to, than three? we got to 20 wins one year. 20, is that a lot? No. No? <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, wow. You were there. You were there. That's all that matters. Yeah. Oh, I was going to hit a bumper. You want me to? No, I, I got to do the, the, the hops read, so it's kind of a good segue, right? Oh, yeah, go ahead. Before we get into the main topic for episode 137, this is 137, right? Or is it 138? Uh, I don't know. I threw that piece of paper. I, I'm not going to move on until it is 137. 138. Is it 138? Yeah, that's what it says on the show sheet. I've I've lost track because the the, the the stream says one thirty seven. The show sheet that you sent out that I read says one thirty eight. You read that multiple times too. You said right. Just did. All right. Before we get into this episode's main topic, I want to remind everyone that the hops is brewing and the hops brewing company and cafe is. We should just have this recorded so we just do it. Yeah. Um, is open totally. and pouring some of the best craft beer in West Michigan. Their revamped food menu, rotating taps. Wine and ciders make the hops perfect for whatever you have going on from late night drinks with friends, dinner with the family, and everything in between. The hops is becoming a staple in the West Michigan. I thought you were going to the bathroom, so I tried to slow down a no, lot. No, I'm sorry. I was like, oh, I, gotta, I, gotta I messed with down. the shadows and everything. I threw oh. everything off. <laughs> and now I lost where I'm at. Uh, the hops is becoming a staple in the West in West Michigan's restaurant community that we highly recommend to our friends and listeners. Taco Tuesday is back. At the hops, yes. which will be hitting, which we hit up a couple weeks ago, uh, Taco Tuesday consists of any taco for two fifty, and you can pair pair it with their margarita seltzer for only three bucks. Why did I not do that today? I should have done that today. You should have. Yeah. You guys did Chick Fil A instead. No, Chipotle. Chipotle. Yeah. Oh, Andrea so thought you said Chick Fil A. Oh, Chipotle. I was like, dang, Chick Fil A sounds good. It does right uh, now. <laughs> <laughs> um, the hops is the f- official brewery state of my sports. 
And if you mention State of My Sports, you get a nice little discount off your first beer. Here we are. We've made it. We've made it. Michigan game. Like, right, I've like gone through a lot with this whole thing. Like, yeah, I would go not thinking about it, and then I really start thinking about it hard. Yeah, and I just get like so stressed. So I think, and I'm not like nervous for the sake of. I'm not nervous to lose this game. I'm not nervous for any of that. Like, I'm just nervous because I am going to be so heavily invested in this. You know what's coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> right, you you're just gonna be in it pretty soon, and you're just like, "Oh no!" Uh, yeah, like I, it's I, coming up. I get wore out watching a football <laughs> game, and it. I, this is the most. This is the biggest football game I think of my life, in a lot of ways. I mean, I'm a Lions fan, so there's <laughs> there's no big football games there. I would say since '97. Yeah, and I I don't I, like I remember it, but I don't remember like being invested. I remember yeah. like, oh Michigan won that. Oh great, you know. Yeah, like, I watched I watched that game. I, I remember watching it, but yeah. I was but I was a kid. Yeah, like, I didn't, it, it didn't I didn't understand what it meant. And here we are, like this means a lot. Yeah, and this is really really exciting. Uh, real quick, New Year's Eve, seven thirty on ESPN. Michigan faces off against the Georgia Bulldogs at the Orange Bowl. For the college football semifinal game. And when I say that is when I just, like, I get that feeling in my back. Like, oh, boy, I got to, like, stretch or something. Uh, The winner will play the winner of Cincinnati and Alabama matchup earlier in the day for the right to call themselves college football's national champion. Look, house money, right? They're playing with house money. Yeah. But I'm not going to allow you to use that argument. I won't. I won't use it. Because when this this game kicks off, this is a coin flip game. We're going to get into why. We're going to get into I'll, all of I'll that. I'll only bring it up right now because I love the perspective of let's remember where this team came from. Let's remember the arguments against Jim Harbaugh. Yep. Let's remember all of the, the crap that people gave that they didn't have a quarterback and Cade McNamara. And even us early on in the season just saying, you need to go to JJ, you need to go to JJ. Or Hassan Askins is you know overlooked. Blake Corum's the the absolute number one running back of this group. Doesn't you know? Pick and choose. Their their middle linebacker is not good enough. Agent Aiden Hutchinson doesn't get enough sacks. Yeah, like the storylines were abundant. Why They're Michigan was not was not going to be here, and sure and ever and for two decades we have said you know like we've felt why not us like why is it every we, other team why yeah. Ohio State why does Notre Dame get there every once in a while we have like, been close so I don't, I don't want to like make it seem like we've never been there but we're here. Well, let's it's, not pretend that we made it though. And yeah. now we won the Big Ten. We made it. We beat, we beat Ohio, Ohio State. State. We made it. We made it. We're, we're, oh my gosh! I just I am so excited for this football game, and I'm a little nervous to not be in my comfort zone to watch the game. You know how I am. You know how I am. I'm not gonna be like. Are you gonna watch in my house? You're gonna come yeah, over. Yeah, I in mean, the if, if it's gonna be on at your house and people are gonna be quietish, I'll watch it at your house. Yeah, we'll do our best. If not, I am going to. I've got a sound bar. We'll turn it way up. Do it. Okay. And then we'll kick the kids don't tell, downstairs. Don't tell like they can't tell us to turn it down. That's, and if that's another key, and I'm just hoping whatever internet connection is good enough, and we <laughs> right. And yeah. If not, then we'll come Watch over here. Watch the internet but. go out, and I'm gonna be like, "What the? <laughs> We're gonna run my, to my internet will be out too. Yeah. <laughs> so like, internet's just gonna go out. <laughs> we don't even have a backup plan. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, now I'm nervous. Thank you for that. Like, West Side uh, Social. Yeah, right. We're, oh, dude, I'll just I'll run wherever. <laughs> I'm not driving, <laughs> that's for sure, because we're going to have a football game to watch before. Yeah. Like, I'm planning on hanging out with you from, what time is it, 3.30? There you go. Like, we're, we're, we're hanging out there. Oh, we got to do some analysis. It's work-related, Exactly. Right? It's yeah. for the podcast. Podcast-related. Because we got to prepare for Michigan's national championship matchup. Yeah. 
that's why we're gonna be watching the other game. Yeah, I, I'm so pumped about this game though. Like, if if we uh, we're about to get into it, we're we're gonna look at the offenses, the, the defenses, but just the way these teams stack up next to each other, they're so similar in yep. so many different ways. It's crazy. It is. It is. It's very crazy. And and it, it, what it really is, in, in my opinion, is the people that watch Georgia day in and day out. Are gonna be like, there's so many ways to win. They they do this so well, and they can throw this at you. They can throw that at you. And Michigan is only this because they're looking at the numbers. And here we are. It's like we watch every Michigan game. We're like, well, Michigan can do it this way. They can do it that way. And it's so incredible. Like they can just th- like just throw it out and and turn on the football game and watch because yeah. your guess is as good as mine. Georgia's fans, their guess is as good as mine. I'm sorry. That's just the way this is. It this is. We're gonna go through a lot of numbers here. We're gonna go through a lot of you know run against the run offense against the run defense and kind of break it down and try to give people something to look at. I think is, is in the, the keys to uh, the game heading in. But real quick, from preseason unranked to here, Michigan Jim Harbaugh, Michigan the players, Jim Harbaugh, the coaching staff. Sticking with Gaddis when people didn't want to. Huge. Bringing in McDonald when that was a laughing stock so heading into the big. season. What well, he has done, incredible. This coaching staff, they deserve tons of credit. And here they are again, seven and a half point underdog. They're they're kind of be that's a that's disrespectful. They're being counted out before those games even started. And I think it's just SEC bias. They well, know what it what it takes. Yeah. But it's also I don't know if it's it's also a safe a safe number to put up a spread at because. You win by a touchdown, or you win by ten. Like it can be a close game and lose by ten. I think what that means in this is type that, of football game, at least. Well, that there's a there's an SEC bias, but then there's also Vegas doesn't want to make a, a real decision. Yeah, like it it they're they're playing it safe because they don't know either, and it's hard to measure these teams against each other because their strengths are each other's strengths, and you don't know which strength is going to win out in the end. It, it, it's it's going to be awesome it, it, to watch. The way I look at it is whoever can, and <laughs> breaking news. Whoever can do what they do well and make the other team adjust is the key. Just go out and play your football. Both of these teams, and and it's not going to be in a cocky, arrogant way. It's going to be in a, look, this is the way we've done it. We're not going to change who we are for this game. Uh, You adjust. And it's going to be a feel-out process early on. And we'll see. Yeah. You know, I think we'll we'll understand pretty early who's going to win this game. I, I think it's going to be, and I'm not going to say it's going to be like a blowout one way, but you're going to see if if it's going to work. If what Michigan brings to the table is at that level of the top SEC team in the country, you know what I mean? Is Michigan there? We will see that pretty early in this game. Yeah, I think is Michigan head and shoulders better and going to do what they did to. Really good Big Ten teams, Michigan or uh, Ohio State, uh, Wisconsin, Penn State. Like, are they going to be able to do what worked for them against the SEC team? I think I think Michigan has been such a good uh, team that adapts at halftime. They, their game plan. It's a good point. Like yeah. they they make halftime adjustments as well or better than any team that I've seen in the country, and they they just have this. Um, and that's what I think about the, with the young coaching staff, like old guys that that just are set in their ways and they don't want to make any halftime adjustments. They they'll just probably want to inspire their group to do something different. Young guys, this coaching staff, they talked a lot about developing their game plans around the talent that they have on the field, which also translates to what's working mid game. 
and I think that's an important part. So, but but with the first half, if Michigan's game plan in this game is allowed to actually, you know, have success, which would be, you know, moving the ball uh, consistently with the running attack against this this run rush defense, which is going to be a difficult task. Yep. Um, that mixed with the big plays that we've seen, they've led the the nation in big plays over fifty yards. Uh, which is just a, a surprising stat. Crazy, yeah. If they can do a mixture of both of those things that we see it on the field, then I think Michigan will have a, a, a great chance and actually probably has the edge in this game of winning the game because I think they're that talented and they're, they have this much confidence and ability and, and like belief in each other and themselves. If Georgia turns out that their defensive line truly dominates Michigan's offensive line and we don't have an answer for that then we're going to be in for a long day and we better get creative really fast because you know that's something that I don't think we're convinced of right now that their defensive line is just going to dominate the offensive line that just won the award for best offensive line in the country yep I, I'm not convinced and, and and before we get too deep in this I want to just bring up the schedule that Georgia has. Um, yeah, do you no, have that in here? No, I, I I almost put it on there. I just want to I just want to say it's it real it. quick. I wanted to put it on, and I just I decided to save a piece of paper. Week one, Georgia beat Clemson ten to three. Clemson, Clemson's not a good team this unranked. year. Finish they're, unranked. Finish unranked. There you go. Yeah, and they're they're not a good team. Let's just let's not pretend that Clemson's a good team. They're yep. not. They only beat them ten to three. UAB next. South Carolina. Vanderbilt. Arkansas, probably you could argue might be their best win. Auburn, not a good team this year. No, <laughs> Kentucky might be their best win again. Uh, Florida, not a good team this year. Not good at all. Missouri, Tennessee, Charleston Southern, Georgia Tech, and then they lost against Alabama. What was the score of that Alabama game in? They lost forty-one to twenty-four. It wasn't even that close. Didn't feel like it. <laughs> I watched the I watched the highlights. Of more than just the highlights, yeah, I watched yeah. thirty-five minutes of of football, yeah, of this game again today multiple times, and I just, I, I, I see what people see. I I see that there is a an attacking aggressive defense that's capable of doing some stuff. Um, you know, I think, I think uh, Alabama earned their points. I really do. Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, they they definitely did. But I just don't see the firepower of this Georgia team. I really don't. I, I don't think they have the firepower on defense or offense like Michigan has. I think a, a key for Michigan is don't let it get to those third downs. That's scary. Third and shorts, are, are, I mean, you can manage them, but that's when a, a really good defense is going to step up. You know what I mean? That That's going to be an interesting thing for me is getting big enough chunk plays that you're not seeing third and fours, third and threes. Like, make it third and ones if if you're going to be on third down. Now, in Michigan's successful football games, they've just pounded the ball and they've wore out their opponent. That's what they do. <laughs> again, I, I, again, I don't know where to go. Well, yes, that's the way they've they have sustained – success against the other team is pounding the ball and wearing them out and especially second half Hassan Haskins just dominates those games and the offensive yeah, line yeah. dominates in their will you know into the yep. other team um that's not the way they've always scored though again they they lead the nation in 50 plus yard plays Plays, yeah like this is a creative offense that has the ability to put points on the board quickly we saw that against Iowa Iowa's a good team we found 
success against Iowa for a whole bunch of reasons, but you saw the first two scores, they were trick plays or or, or the, the creative offense yeah, big, type of plays. Yeah, yep. Right? I yeah. mean, like Blake Corum. The Corum was a big play. was a big play, but and it wasn't, wasn't like a, trick, a play. trick play. But then the... But uh, but then they came right back and Donovan Edwards threw that throws the the yeah. dime you know and it's just the best throw in stride all year. <laughs> but I think but I think Michigan has those offensive weapons that are underrated not maybe not like first round draft picks right now, but they're underrated collectively as a group. They're one of they're they're one of the best. They've they've earned their right to be in the college playoff as a group collectively on the offensive side. All right. No, I agree. You ready to move up, like go kind of through the matchups? Yeah, I'd like that? for you to structure this because I have no I know, structure. I, in otherwise, my head. we're gonna just be like talking right in circles, yeah. and we don't want to do that. Go for All it. All right, so let's start with Michigan's uh, rushing offense against Georgia's rush defense. It's a strength on strength for sure. In 13 games, Michigan has nearly 3,000 rushing yards on about 555 carries and 49 touchdowns. Michigan ranks in the top 10 in every rushing statistic, mostly only behind the service academies. Georgia has allowed 1,000 total yards rushing and three rushing touchdowns all season. Uh, only better run defense in the country Michigan played uh, was Wisconsin, and Michigan won that game 38-17 to with only 112 rushing yards on the game, but won with a stout defense and turnovers. They, they took advantage of a, of a struggling offense in the moment, right? It feels very similar to that Wisconsin game. That's what I'm I'm kind of like looking at. It's like, all right, Georgia runs the ball, stops the run, and doesn't have explosive offense, but ha- has the ability to to move the ball. I guess. When it, oh, they'll move the ball. Yeah, yeah. It's like that. I think that right there is a perfect example of what we're going to be seeing here. It is Michigan against Wisconsin, in a lot of ways. Is is the type of team we're seeing, and I think Georgia almost looks at it in the opposite way, where they look at it as, look, this is a Big Ten team that has on un- these unbelievable rushing stats. It's just Wisconsin 2.0, and Wisconsin 2.0 doesn't work against SEC football. But what Michigan does, Michigan does a lot more than that, and I think that's that's an interesting part of, of this whole conversation. Um, well, who, I think who, go go for it. Yeah, I think I think Michigan's grown up a lot since the Wisconsin game in. in Let's again remember the reason I want perspective thinking about Michigan is throughout their season they were not expected to beat Washington. They were not expected to beat Wisconsin. That was a surprise. They were not expected to beat all these teams that they beat early on in the year. So they've been growing up as they as they've been playing and their their offensive game plan has grown up along with them. So at the time Donovan Edwards was not part of this. At the time they relied on a little gimmicky offense on the, in the with their passing attack. At the time, they were still mourning the loss of Ronnie Bell. Of Ronnie Bell, like this, this is not the same Michigan offense as it was against Wisconsin, and they were still able to do what they did because of the offensive line. Um, so, with that said, this Georgia defense is elite. It's superior. It's the best rushing defense we've seen over the last probably six, seven years in college football. For a good reason, they have really, really good, dominant defensive line rush rushing stoppers. All right, they've so, got the big bodies. So, real quick, I'm going to run over some numbers on the other side. Georgia's rushing offense versus Michigan's run defense. Uh, Georgia had roughly 2,500 yards um, on about 500 carries. The Bulldogs averaged a little over 190 yards per game. Michigan's rush defense has been a little underwhelming, ranking 21st. The Wolverines have allowed about 1,500 yards on 447 attempts. 
Uh, they're allowing only 122 yards per game on the ground against teams that are kind of mostly run-first teams, um, which is, I think, a good point is here is, look, the SEC is not... It's not, I don't know the right word. So, Georgia's run defense numbers can be skewed because you're going against not really run... Pass-oriented teams. Yeah, more pass-oriented teams. The SEC's kind of changed that a little bit. Well, I just read the schedule to you. Yeah. My and, goodness, those are not rush-dominant teams. And they're also teams that aren't going to be able to run the... Not going to run the ball when they're down... No, they don't get elite By prospects. a couple positions. Yeah, that's true there. Um, so... Uh, again, I, I want to go back to this because I don't want to ignore the fact that Georgia's defense has been one of the most dominant run defenses we've seen in, in a number of years. I think that is a true statement. Their defensive line play, they're, they're giant human beings that can move people. Even offensive linemen from Michigan. They, they're, their linebackers are aggressive. They run downhill, and they're very, very aggressive. I don't think they're elite athletes, not all of them. Okay. I don't think they're absolutely elite, but they but they're very, very aggressive, which means that they're, they pick a hole, they go for it, and it usually works out because their defensive line have taken on two blocks, right? Yeah. So if with that in mind, I think it's very important, and I might be jumping ahead of where you wanted this conversation to go, but the key to Michigan's success on the, with their rushing attack, I, they need a rushing attack to win this game. They do. We do not want to turn into a pass-heavy Ohio State type of offense that relies yeah, we, on the arm. Look, we don't, we don't have a quarterback to do that. No. Well, we well, might. We don't. Well, but, but the starting we quarterback is right. Not the exactly. Guy to do that. So McNamara is not going to do that for us. But what we can do is be unpredictable. And what I think the most important thing with our rushing attack is that they, meaning Georgia, cannot know a hundred percent who to their personnel they need to have on the on the field. What I see is Jordan Davis, who is their dominant three hundred and fifty pound, six foot six defensive lineman that won all kinds of awards. He's he is a dominant run stuffer and he does a great job. He does not get after the quarterback very often. It, okay. They're usually coverage sacks if he does, but he also gets tired. And you saw in the Alabama game, he had his hands on his hips, standing straight up with multi, during multiple of those uh, of those snaps. Okay, as Alabama was snapping the ball, he He's was not even not in even ready. He okay. was tired. So what I want them to do is not know if he should be on the field in first down or third down scenarios, they don't know where he should be on the field or, or what down or what position. I don't want to be predictable first and ten every time it's going to be a run or second and six it's guaranteed to be a run. I want them to have run a creative offense. This is against Wisconsin. The reason I brought that up earlier is, or I guess you brought it up, but I think it's important to know that Donovan Edwards and his pass, pass receiving ability, ability yeah. is a, it has it was newly developed since then. So I want to use our pass attack and I want to use our end arounds and I want to use our creative is offensive yeah. type of game plan to fill the holes so we're not just guaranteed they can just tee off on our offensive attack rushing attack first and second down early on question for you and then I want to ask you who wins this run defense against run offense matchup between the two teams in your opinion but my question for you regarding the Michigan side of it is this a Haskins game? Is this a quorum game? Like, it feels like it's going to be a a type game. You know what I mean? And, like, you already mentioned Edwards, who is kind of a good mix between the two. 
I don't think they're going to rely on him necessarily in no, this. They, they have mix to. Him in, though. They, but is this going to be a Haskins four and a half yards per carry, pound it out, and pick up all these short four, third downs? Or is this going to be like a misdirection, quorum going around, wheel route, making them stretch out the field more and making those linebackers need to go sideline to sideline rather than make tackles inside the the I don't know I don't think the pockets the right word but like between the tackles that, that's the way to yeah. say it right it seems like Michigan has that ability to go whatever way they want right let's let's say that they're both healthy ready to go they have that option like which one do you think works best against George's defense I don't know that's a great question and I think that's one where we wait and see and it's got to be feed the hot hand. And at I the think time. that's kind of what I brought up earlier. It's like we will see it early on. Yep. Which one will work? What will work? What won't work? What I think is underrated about Michigan's rushing attack is Haskins is slippery. That's the best compliment I can give him. He just like it is hard to stop him from moving forward. He is constantly moving forward, and he breaks a lot of tackles. And he and, and Corm's the big play guy because he makes the next guys miss. Yeah. He makes the safeties miss. He makes the the cornerbacks miss, and, and he does all that. Okay. But, but I will say both of them are terrific at getting through the first level of the defense. Both of them are difficult to tackle for even defensive tackles who are there ready to make a tackle. You know what I mean? Yep. Does that make sense? Yeah. Georgia's key. Their 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 main players are are linebackers though, right? Yeah, they're they're That's, linebackers. Those are the people are we have to worry about. Yep. Are they linebackers to stop the run? Are they linebackers to blitz and like what what kind of linebackers are we looking at here? They 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 do all of it. Okay. They're great in in pass coverage. They're great in run defense. But but the, but they have not been tested by any team except for Alabama. Yep. And so the point is, I guess, is all year long we've been seeing Georgia be so good that we haven't seen who they truly are. Because they well one they haven't played anybody but but you also saw them tee off and run situations early on in downs first and second downs they were okay. able to just run forward and take away all of the rush opportunities and then third down they were able to just drop back in coverage and and blitz linebackers and do these stunt moves on the inside and then you saw they they put four guys out there they take. Uh, they're big guys out. They're run stuffers, and they put four pass rushers in and run some stunts and let them go after the quarterback, and, and they tee off on the quarterbacks. Right. So they are a dominant defense. I don't want to take that away from them, but I don't think they've been tested like Michigan could test Do you them. think Michigan has the best offensive line they've seen? Yes. Or- no, no, 100% yes. Better than Alabama? Better than Alabama. Alabama has two has a great tackle, and they've got some a good offensive line that's been shaky, really shaky this year. Yeah, they, they have. They, they have yeah. not been yep. great. That was all their year. best game that yeah. they played. But I also don't think Georgia. Looking at the tape, I reviewed as much tape as I could possibly see, and even in Georgia's great scenarios, Georgia does does not beat people one on one like Michigan's guys do on the defensive line. They they win with stunts. They win with the crossing, the end around, the 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 middle guy going around. They win with blitzes with their linebackers who are very very athletic. And I'm saying yep. those are the key for for Georgia. Yeah. They this is going to be a chess game of of trying to guess ahead of time what Michigan's going to be doing on offense, and Michigan and Michigan's ability to pick up the the crazy different coverages in yep. front seven that they're going to see from Georgia because Georgia's going to make it confusing and Michigan has to be able to uh, change on the fly. All right. 
And and that's the chess game. Really, it's going to yep. the off, the coordinators have a huge play in this game. So right going now. back to the run game. Run offense against run defense. Who has the who wins that matchup? I think Michigan's going to win this matchup. Michigan's run offense is going to beat Georgia's run defense because they're going to be unpredictable and I think we've seen the creative side of of Michigan and I think they're going to make it so they're going to be they it's going to be impossible to know who to have on the field when. And it's not just run. Not just handing the ball off pitches and rounds. It's the dump offs. It's the five the yard dump quarterback offs. or the running back coming out of the backfield. Chip, get that space and turn it into I think that's going to be interesting. And can Cade McNamara stand potentially take that hit to make that that perfect throw to the running back? I just want to look at running back. I don't think rush running game is, is fair enough because what Michigan does is way more than just handing the ball off, pitching the ball. You know what I mean? Like it's 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 way different than what people are thinking. And they and cannot, my, nationally, I should say. Well, and Georgia cannot just say we, we're going to take Haskins out of this game because I think Michigan might even have two running backs. <laughs> they on might the field. choose to take Haskins out of the game and be like, "Well, all right, we're going to put Corum in the game. We're going to Corum will be the the snap guy or Donovan Edwards, and we're just going to be running routes all day on and you, throwing dimes." <laughs> and I think that's the luxury, and that's why I'm going to choose Michigan in this matchup. And it's okay. and it's not nationally; it's not going to be the popular opinion because all they do is look at numbers. Yep. And I'm looking at and I'm looking at ability and opportunity. And it's not just numbers; it's reputation of Big Ten and SEC. Yeah, I think that and that's that's which what is, it is. Which is fair. It's fair, but and, and we talked about this a little bit pre-show. Is like Michigan's run, like and, and tell me if this is a bad example. You never really said, but like I feel like what people nationally are looking at is an absolute stout run game, and they think, oh, Wisconsin does that. Wisconsin has done that, and they have unbelievable rush numbers, but they can't throw the ball. They're not <laughs> like they don't have the quarterback that can throw. They don't have the other pieces to complement the run game. This is a completely different team. This is a Ezekiel Elliott type Ohio State rather than a Jonathan Taylor type Wisconsin. If is that if that's a fair way to look at it, is Ezekiel Elliott was. The, the workhorse. That guy was getting so many balls, you could run that ball and pound it when you wanted to. Well, you also had the quarterback that can th- make that throw, the easy throw, the right throw, take care of the football, check into the like, right coverages, yeah, all of those things. Not one-dimensional. Not one-dimensional. And that's what I think nationally people are thinking Michigan is, is one-dimensional. Yeah. They are far, far from that. Do I love what Cade does? No. like I, Again, we talked about how – we love Maybe that he move wins. on. Maybe move on. <laughs> we love that he wins, and that's about it. But no, he he doesn't get enough credit for moving the ball, and and he might only have 179 or 209 yards with no touchdowns by the end of it, and like 17 throws or something like that. But right? we needed him throughout the game, yeah. and and it allows his his throwing ability and his leadership and his play recognition and all that lends itself to allowing the coaches to play uh, to call a good game and and Josh Gaddis is going to have a huge part in the success or unsuccessful attempt in this game like yep. the coordinators again I think the play calling is going to have a massive say in how this game is played because you better stay creative because uh, Georgia's too good to just be predictable but if once we're unpredictable I think Georgia is going to find themselves in a weird position they haven't been in this year until Alabama. Until Alabama. And they didn't, and that look didn't go, very They good. didn't respond well. No. And Alabama beat them with vertical threats. That's what people will say. And, and but, exactly. But they attacked the middle of the field 
a lot. And and Jameson Williams turned that into a touchdown over the middle once. But but again, the middle is wide open. And what does Michigan do better yeah. than they have in a long time right now? They attack the middle of the field, and I think it's going to be another open. Th- another thing that I don't like about what we're hearing nationally is Michigan hasn't played the running backs that we're going to see in in a Georgia. Like Ohio State has a pretty dang good running back, and they made them look so pedestrian. That running back and just that offense in general, what they did, they made it so difficult on Ohio State. Michigan's defense is just it, – it, it's – look, I, I, we don't need to get into it. Let's get into the next part. No, right? let's get into that part Let, re- really quick. So this is my feeling about Ohio or, uh, about Georgia's offense. Sorry, go ahead. Can then I want to – I want to – yep, go, 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 go. <laughs> I want to – don't let me forget. Georgia, Georgia's rushing attack is – very good. I think their running backs are so under. They're very, very good, and I think they're better than what we have seen this year. And yes, Ohio State has a stud freshman running back that I think is elite. I really do. I think he's great. But we haven't seen Georgia's running at rushing attack is very similar to Michigan's. The difference with them, I in my mind, is that. Michigan thrives on their long drives and, and winning that way, and they, they put the ball in the end zone, and they know how to do that, especially in goal line situations. Georgia, when they were tested, we saw them not be able to finish those drives out, and they have that like long progression, not big playability. The difference between Michigan and Georgia is big playability in my mind. So even, if they, even if they rush – and Georgia is successful, you're not going to be successful all the way down the field. So I think you're going to see them move the ball, but you're going to see them fall short at the end, which will turn into three points or zero points if they get aggressive or turnovers because I think uh, Bennett is very, very prone to turnovers, and he stares down receivers, and I think Michigan's uh, secondary, which has just come into their own this year, I think they're going to be jumping routes. All right, And I'm pumped. I'm going to save my point for a minute. You told me to remind you. I wrote it down, so hopefully I <laughs> there is enough to remind myself. All right, Michigan's pass offense against Georgia's pass defense. I'm going to go through some numbers. On 340 attempts, Michigan has thrown for about 3,000 yards and 20 passing touchdowns. Georgia's pass defense ranks in the upper echelon in every pass defense statistic. Uh, Georgia allowed quarterbacks to only 56% completion percentage. And only a combined a combined eight touchdowns. Switching switching sides here. Georgia's pass offense to Michigan's pass defense. Georgia on 350 50 attempts has roughly 3,200 yards and 33 touchdowns, averaging 250 yards per game. I think we've already talked about the schedule enough. I think that kind of that that plays a role in what what I just went through there. Georgia's uh, schedule is not anywhere near. Um, comparable when you're when you're talking numbers you, you got to throw numbers out the window when you're playing cross-conference games and and seeing this type of um you know you just you just have no like opponent to to really say that this is the way it's going to go completely different um scenarios here who wins this matchup <laughs> that is where i want to go like I, I think we can kind of make this quicker than than it needed to be yeah i think or, i think georgia has a a pretty good base of players like they're they get a lot of coverage sacks that says a lot about their coverage so Darion Kendrick is a is a a NFL cornerback he played for Clemson last year he transferred um, okay had some character issues I think he was arrested or something like that but either way he's playing the game and and he's good he's he's very good um so I think we're gonna have like if he's lined up on Cornelius Johnson I don't think he's gonna go off for just a crazy game 
Um, that doesn't mean that he doesn't give yards, it, and we'll we'll take the yards when we get them. And I I see this Michigan passing attack as maybe what it's what we've seen in recent weeks. It's not going to be MSU where we get three hundred plus yards of of passing, but it could be in Iowa where it ends up being one hundred seventy five meaningful yards. I think it could be the big play where we move, we get chunk yards here and there, and it's and it's meant to throw the defense off. Um, but it's not going to be what we rely on to win this game. I think the creative play calling is more important than, you know, just like relying on our quarterback to make the right decision every single time. We have to scheme people open in order for this passing attack to be yeah. successful. The coaching staff really is going to decide the the better quarterback in this game. I think they're very similar type guys. They're not lighting up the world. So the, you look at the completions. I know, I know. Uh, oh my gosh, his name. I, I think. I, what is his name? Sorry, uh, Bet Bennett, the the quarterback for for uh, Georgia, who who I think is going to start. There's still the question of if J T. Daniels is no gonna Stentham, start. Stentham Bennett's going to start. Okay. Well, he has in in less games 148 completions, 231 attempts. Uh, 64.1% completion percentage. Cade is 199 completions, 308 attempts for 64.6 completions. The yards are pretty similar, 2,300 to 2,400 basically. Uh, the the one thing that's very interesting to me is is the touchdowns. Touchdowns to interceptions, uh, Bennett, 24 to 7, where Cade is taking care of the football better. Not as good of late. I think he's throwing a pick in pretty much every game the last three. Um uh, 15 touchdowns to four interceptions. Passer rating 176.8 for Bennett, 145.4 for Cade. Who is the better quarterback? Is it just are they are they mere images of each other? Yeah, like this they, teams are like the Spider-Man meme of pointing the Spider-Man's pointing at each other. Like that's the same. That's what we're looking at here, right? Both. <laughs> they, they could be complete opposites, but yet be the same. Okay. For for what they mean to their team, and, and I think that's what the scenario we're looking at here. When I watched that Stenson Bennett, I I just am impressed one with his physical ability. He throws the ball, and it, he's got a rocket of an arm. Like he throws the ball hard, and it seems to be decently accurate. He he. Like he's got a cannon, and it doesn't matter if he's on the run or if he's in the pocket. Um, and the other thing is, he's a great athlete. He gets out of the pocket. He's quick to run the ball, um, but he's also quick to throw it on the run. And I don't think he gets enough credit for that. The downfall, what I see from him, is even on his highlight reels. When I'm watching five touchdowns against UAB, yeah, week two of the season, <laughs> those Big are win. those are those are like, I'm sorry, those are not good passes. He's throwing touchdown passes. Those are risky, high turnover rate type of passes. And I just question his decision-making ability. I think that's his weakness. And when he gets pressured, he still makes throws when he has no business making those throws. And so I think the difference between Cade McNamara and Bennett is that Bennett is more of a gunslinger, more less confident in his in what he's doing when he's doing it, and and Cade McNamara protects the ball more than anything else. And yes, he's made some mistakes here and there. Welcome to you know college football. College football yeah, um, you're going to make mistakes, but but he at least cares. Like it seems like he doesn't make high risk throws on a regular basis. And I see Bennett make high risk throws all the time. And Michigan's the type of defense that will either get him quicker than he needs to. 
and cause a fumble or force a bad throw and make some plays. Michigan's defense, and we'll probably get into that, but Michigan's defense gets pressure with four linemen. Mm-hmm. They don't need a whole bunch of like different blitz packages and and, and you know stunting around different things. No, 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 they went straight up. Ajaba will beat you on the edge. Uh, Hutchinson will beat you on a regular basis on the edge, and good luck because they might use the inside moves. To, you know, maybe you don't want to step up in the pocket. Like they're 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 good enough where they can drop more bodies back into coverage and their defensive backs and their safeties have been aggressive enough where you know they can I think there's going to be some turnovers in this game. I think Michigan's going to take the ball away from Georgia. So is is Brock uh Bowers the tight end he is he's good. He's the one that we got to shut down. He's really good. To catch the ball. Yeah. He's Kyle Pitts of of the SEC this year. Yeah. If that's fair. Yep. And he's, he's a freshman. He's a fresh is he really holy smokes. He was he wasn't he Never mind. No need to get into that. Micah would know. I think he was actually thinking about going to Michigan, wasn't he? I, oh, I could be wrong. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I don't know. Um, but is it just shut this guy down, you'll find a way? Or do they have, I mean, Burton and Pickens who, who have put up decent numbers, nothing crazy. So Pickens was injured most of the year. He only has three catches, 46 yards in two games. Pickens is an elite NFL talent. And that's something that hurt. we're – but he's been hurt. But he's also coming, coming back. off the COVID, but he's going to play, it sounds like. Is he better than Burton, who only had 23 catches for 412 yards? Their leading wide receiver? Like, it, it, what, what, what do we do here? Is I, it, can we, can, can, I'm going to say we, can Michigan's corners take on these wide receivers one on one that the safeties can come down and help and take out this tight end and take him out of that game? Or yes. What, like, how, yes. How, do, how does Michigan's defense adapt to something like that? That's not necessarily high flying, tons of weapons that you have to worry about, but shutting down the big weapon. I don't think I don't think Georgia has a big weapon down the field because Pickens has been hurt and Pickens is is going to be running on one leg. You know he might he might, might be, come back yeah, and yeah. make one big play, but he's not going to be uh, uh, Jameson Williams type. You know that Alabama had. He's not going to be a guy that just beats you off the line. DJ Turner is trying to catch up. That's not going to be him. Okay. So no, Georgia does not have that guy down the field, which is why I say the bend not break scenario strategy for Michigan because the Georgia's gonna have to execute all the way down the field to put up seven points. All the way. Ohio State was at was a huge risk for the big playability. Alabama would be a huge risk for that big play playability where they just get seven points quick. Yeah. Easy. Yep. That's not this Georgia team. I don't think I, unless they do it with their with their running backs, they're not going to do it, in my yeah. opinion. So I Burton's not a bad wide receiver. He's not going to destroy you. He's not going to beat you up. You're not going to lose to him. He's not what we went against with Olave and the other guys that I can't even think yeah, of. Yeah, McConkey's pretty fast for them. Like he can make guys miss. Yeah, he had a pretty good touchdown against Alabama. He's not reliable. He's not like a an elite wide receiver in college football. Fitzpatrick, I kind of like him. Again, not elite. Um, Brock Bowers is the key to that offense, and we have to treat him like a wide receiver a physical wide receiver rather than just a normal tight end that you just throw a linebacker on because he will be all of our linebackers one-on-one. If we try to think that Colson's going to be fast enough to to run with Bowers, we're going to lose that matchup. So, uh, Who wins the passing matchup? You're going to say Michigan again. I'm going to say Michigan. I think it is too. I know we're homers. I, I think I think Michigan. But I think it's, it's, it's there. It's real. I think Georgia puts up more yards. I think Georgia turns the ball over. Because they're going to have to. I think they turn the ball over. 
And I think that's the reason I'm going to pick Michigan in this because I don't think Michigan's going to turn the ball over in the air maybe once. I think Georgia could turn it over multiple times in the air. I, I just don't think Bennett makes good decisions. I think he, when I watch him, he stares receivers down the whole way. And we saw with Alabama, they jumped those routes. And and I don't know, I sent you a video about um, one of Michigan's former uh, coaches. Okay. Did you watch that one or no? I don't remember. I watched. It, it was Michigan yeah, Insider. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So yeah, Michigan Insider, that. they do a great job, by the way. But they they, they had a great preview for this. And they had a, a former coach on for, for Michigan who is a literal genius on the football side of things. I yeah. really believe that. And so I'm like, my, my thought process has a lot to do with listening to him and his thought process. And he sees. Him as a statue. That's what he said. He's a statue in there. He's staring a guy down. He's like, trust your eyes, trust your instincts, go get the football, jump the route because it's there for the taking, and this guy will will still throw the ball. It doesn't matter if you're there or not. He's going to throw the ball. So we've talked about the run, def- run defense against the run offense, the pass defense against the pass offense. Let's talk about individual plays here. Who? What, what are the key matchups that you're here to look at? Because for me, it's, Dean, the linebacker, against his run running game, and and in general, how can you how can you limit this guy to be more worried about just worried about everything? I guess yeah. Because one thing that we talked about a little bit earlier in uh, when we were prepping for the show was that I brought up was was how Michigan's tight ends can kind of because tight ends play a role with linebackers. They decide which way the linebacker has to spy. And you know what I mean? Like, and if he's not going to follow the, the, if a linebacker, their stud linebacker, uh, who has tons of tackles, isn't going to pay attention to the, the linebacker because he's worried about the running game or the pass out of, out of the backfield, that's going to open up all. That's going to open up shoe, Shoemaker, um, where I think. Schoonmaker. Schoonmaker, where I think Michigan's tight ends in just the, the amount of different ways of beating this defense can, can limit where, where their studs are, which. Is linebackers. That's those are their studs. Those are the people you have to worry about. You can control what linebackers have to do. You have you have to control them. You have to. Yeah, Absolutely. I think that's a good way to look at it. And what Michigan's defense does is look, it's edge. It's edges that that cause the havoc, and you can't decide what an edge rusher is going to do because they're edge rushers. They're going to do that, right? And when you can get the pressure. In the backfield, run run defense, uh, pass defense, all that. So you get that pressure without changing, without worrying about what what else is going on in the field. Yep. That's a key. Georgia's defense, in my opinion, is good when they are controlling what the offense is doing. Yep. When the offense can control what the linebackers are doing, that's when you get people. That's when you can expose them. And that's yeah. when you can uh, maybe not expose them is the right word, but um, limit them or. Uh, Man, what's the word when you like? What what is that word? I don't know. Um, Impose their will. No. It, oh man, I'm, I'm gonna think of it probably I just, tomorrow. I just but. think you know, with with what we saw from Alabama is Georgia was on the run, and, and Michigan has to do the same thing. I don't think it's gonna be the same way. It's not gonna manifest yep. in in the same manner. Michigan's not gonna have that downfield guaranteed offensive pass heavy type of type of approach. But Michigan can can achieve the same results by doing it a different way. So what I think is the key for Michigan offense, and we, we're going to see this early on in the game, is whether they're committed to getting the easy rush type of yards with their 
check down running back wide receivers or, or they're they're running backs out of the backfield catching the ball and exactly like what you brought up their tight ends and you, we have to put these linebackers at a disadvantage and make sure that Eric Alls uh and Schoonmaker's their, their athletic ability is on display and yeah. they and they attack the middle of the field and the middle of the field is going to be everything for me i need to see that michigan wins the middle of the field over the middle with their passing attack and it does not need to be down the field it needs to be in the middle and that means their linebackers can't cheat up and if their okay. linebackers cha- can't cheat up then i think our 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 running backs can then start filling those gaps with the rushing attack. They can actually start running through the defensive line, getting to the next level, and either running through them like Haskins does or running around them like Corum does. And I think we can win in that way. We just have to make sure that they understand that they are thinking and, and are aware of the fact that we are multidimensional and our our rushing attack might manifest itself in, in a passing way, right. if that makes any sense. It does, yeah. No, I like it. I that That's Michigan's matchup that I'm watching from Michigan's offense to Georgia's defense because I'm not taking anything away from Georgia's defense but we saw we saw not a blueprint but we saw um, what happens when you get them on the run and their best players are left standing with their hands on their hip standing straight up while the ball is hiked. Do you think a a, a no huddle offense can be a part of this game? I was going to bring that up um, it, it's not the way Michigan works. It it's an approach. It's definitely something that they can implement if they feel like it's value added. I don't know if they're going to go that route. So I wasn't going to speak for the coaches or try okay. to that. It's so hard to say like this is what I would do in this yeah, situation yeah, yeah, because yeah. I don't know the players and you have to be in the mind of the players if they're comfortable with that and all you know and so on. Yeah. Um, but I do think that's that's. An available option that they could go to, absolutely, to just get them moving. Uh, what you don't want to do is com- uh, is compromise your your what do you call it when you when you your offensive uh, um, ability to actually complete the game plan is resu- because you're changing it up and you're putting them in in a different situation. Okay. So, I think we've talked enough. Michigan has the better offense. Is that fair? Uh, they they can. Yes. It, it, I just want to clarify, just because that's what I do, but I, I don't think it's as simple as that. I think Georgia, the difference between the offenses is I think Michigan will finish drives more effectively for points. They have a greater big playability and creativeness in their offense where they, they have Roman Wilson and, and some of these other guys that can get down the field and create big plays, even though it's not just one person, but that plays in Michigan's favor because you can't just take away one person. It's more of a game plan and it's a collective of, of their wide receivers. Um, but, but Georgia's offense is good. They will move the ball. They will get yards. Their rushing attack will play well against Michigan's defense. But I think Michigan will be in that bend, not break. Um, the yards will not convert to points in the same way that Michigan's yards will convert to points. Okay. There's a ratio there. You so, know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. No, so it's really not as simple as who has the better offense, who has the better defense, and who's going to win this game. How important is Daxon Hill to your philosophy of the bend and not break? Because there, there are rumors everywhere that he tested positive and did not fly to – um, Miami 
for for with with the team. Now, there's conflicting reports that he's out. There there's reports that he still has the ability to play but not practice. How important is he to what you expect Michigan's defense to work? I in my mind very extremely important. You think th- he's the one that's going to take on the tight end? Yes. I I think it would be in their best interest to put Dax Hill their most impactful defensive athletic. athletic yes exactly and, and even physical in a lot of ways he's not extremely physical like he's going to take somebody's head off but he's physical at the point of attack at the line of scrimmage he gets yeah. in people's faces he, he makes it hard on him and we need to slow down bowers he's their biggest weapon on george's offense and i think we need to put in our best athletes on him so whether that's gmon green if Dax can't go. He's an he's an option because okay. he's a physical, athletic cornerback yeah. that we can put in that scenario. But if we can put a safety type, use a safety to do that. I we against- need we need somebody with cover skills. So yes, we can do a safety type, but that's why Dax is the perfect scenario. Scenario with this corner that has safety size and physicality. He's a safety with corner skills. We've seen him. He's played corner all year. But yeah, he has. He's yep. going to get drafted as a safety. Yeah. So he's a safety with corner skills, corner athletic ability, and corner okay. corner coverage skills. And, right. and I think that's that's absolutely key in this. And Georgia is very predictable with their use of Bowers too. They go with the quick routes. They go with the – if there's cushion, they go right to him. And that's where I'm saying, like, if you get up, if you're physical with him, if you put him, if you're at the line of scrimmage, making it hard on him, then we need the physical ability and the mirror, the coverage ability to stay with him to make it difficult. All right. So here we are. If Michigan loses this game, why did they lose this game? I I, I see Michigan's biggest weakness as being uh, the same as what happened against against Michigan State. I think their rushing attack, their rushing defense, has an opportunity to fail. And what what if you look back at Michigan State, they had missed blown coverage assignments, confusion in the backfield between the linebackers, safeties. There was confusion between the two of them, who was guarding where or who and, and where they should fill the, the, the gaps. That's that's what you saw. You saw confusion and a lack of of talking and communication between the the, the group dynamic and and Kenneth Walker made him pay, but just using his his athletic ability. And I see Michigan has grown up a little bit in that aspect. They yeah, don't they, miss they those coverage have. assignments yeah, anymore. And by coverage, I'm I'm not saying passing attack. I'm saying coverage is in filling your assigned gap in okay. your hole. And you saw safeties and linebackers on top of each other instead of spreading up across the field, which is why those big plays happened. So if Michigan, because Georgia actually, Georgia uses a lot of different formations on offense. They have a lot of movement, a lot of of uh, pre-snap motions and all yeah. that stuff, and they go they go four wide receivers, nobody in the backfield, and then they'll do, uh, you know, kind of like Michigan. Well, they'll do a huge. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they're very unpredictable, which is, you know, why they're in the top four. Yep. They're a great team. Um, Michigan has to be able to react to that and communicate, and they could get lost on defense. That's how I see Georgia. If they take away Michigan's run, running attack, and Michigan can't get uh, creative on offense, and maybe their defensive line absolutely dominates, then I think their rushing attack has the opportunity to destroy us through the middle. Do you think 
another wrinkle, and I think that this is probably a stupid question because I think it's obvious that it's going to happen, JJ coming in this game and be the Bryce Young for this offense of maybe throwing the ball downfield and that threat, the leg threat that Cade might not have, combine that with, you know, like we've seen it a lot. And that could be another another key part. I don't think we're gonna see. And like, I I look at all right, man. All right, I think Michigan's if they're gonna win this game, it's going to be doing what they do best and not wavering from it. And that's what that's gonna be my next question to you is how why Michigan's gonna win this game is is not. But for me, it's Michigan's not going to change what they do. They didn't against Washington when people thought, oh, there's no way they're going to do what they did against Western Michigan against Washington. They did. And then you get into Big Ten play. There's no way they're going to keep running the ball and and just physically dominate another team of Wisconsin caliber. They could completely dominate that team, offensive line, defensive line. They're not going to physically dominate uh, Michigan State. They did. I'm sorry, but they did dominate they physically dominated Michigan State. Walker was a different story. You you explained that pretty well of what happened there. They're not going to go into Ohio State and physically dominate and stick to their game plan. They did that against Ohio State. They did it against Iowa. They've done it, and that's what Michigan's expecting to do. And as long as this coaching staff doesn't waver back to the, well, let's just be smarter than them. And they're expecting this, so let's do this. No, stick to what has worked. If Michigan sticks to their game plan, and I, I think we'll know very early on if it's going to work, if they stick to it, that's how they're going to win this game. Yeah. And not wavering from who they are and why they've gotten there. I think when if and when we get into the Alabama, you're going to have to waver from that a little bit more. I think this matchup works out well for what Michigan does well and is confident in doing. I don't know even know where I started here. Um, I, you started in a good spot. I started I with this. JJ, and then like I moved. But, anyways, what? what <laughs> I don't know. Number number one, I think JJ could have a, a massive part in this game. Yeah, I think the 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 worst Michigan does early on in the game, the greater likelihood he's going to be a big factor in the game. So they might jump to him if they find themselves in trouble. Do you or think they, they throw a, him in early just to say we're going to do this? I think they make them I, think about it, make them overthink about George's defense. I think they stick to their game plan. I think Michigan sticks to their game plan, which is including him, including but not, him. but not at an overwhelming rate. Including him early, though. Including him early, like they have been. Yeah, they have. Do you think we see him first drive? I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, it, it might depends if it might depend if they get to uh, their third. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, first down or something. Yeah, you know, no, and so true. forth. Yeah. Um, I think I think Michigan's best. We we haven't really gotten too much into the defensive line of Michigan, which I think yeah, is their, <laughs> right. their maybe their biggest strength over Georgia. Because when I look at Georgia's offensive line, I see they've held up. Uh, they rely on Stenson Bennett's ability to move out of the pocket. Whenever he's he's in trouble, he's he's athletic. He can do that. But Michigan have has dominated every team they've gone against. Every offensive line they've seen, they've dominated. And I think that Ohio State's offensive line is much better, much better than Georgia's offensive line. Now their center and their two guards are actually really solid. They're they're very good. They they hold up. But their end or their tackles. Their are- tackles are slow footed, and I think that works in Michigan's favor. Huge, a huge amount because what's going to happen is I think every part of Aiden Hutchinson 
will be able to dominate the the tackle across from him. I think he will be able to bull rush because the tackle is going to be so focused on getting his feet to the outside. Remember how like uh, early on, yeah, yeah, like when they jump out and now they're so worried about not getting beat around the edge. That's when they're susceptible up the middle of the yep. bull rush. We've seen Aiden his his tug his push and pull move is better than anybody in college football. So I want to interrupt you at, for with a question. So most of the time when you have really strong edge guys, you use your tight ends to limit them, chip them, make them uncomfortable, double team them if you I, I don't I think chip them is the right word, right? Um but their tight end is a wide receiver. Can he do that and still be a threat though that the way that Georgie needs him to be? No, they're going to do two, or is that two tight be end another, sets. Okay. They're going to use they're going to use uh what's his name um uh, Brock Brock somebody Brock Bowers. The, the, they're yeah. going to use Bowers as a wide receiver in this game. I 100% believe that. I I truly More do believe it. More of a slot-ish it. guy Even, or uh, like, I yeah. don't know, like slots. Yeah, slot like wide our, receiver. Yeah, okay. yep, absolutely. And and even when they are in a rush approach, I think they're going to have two tight ends so that they have better blocking. Um, and then they run the ball up the middle. But Bowers is going to be used as a wide receiver in this game, and that's why we shouldn't treat him as a tight end. We should treat him as a wide receiver. Um, they they got another one of their tight ends healthy. I don't remember his name right now, but they he came back healthy against Alabama. I think he's going to play a big part in this game as the blocking tight end. Um, and, yes, they are going to try to chip Aiden Hutchinson, but we've seen Hutchinson been, been able to navigate his way through multiple – blocks the chips on the outside and then and then he can just beat two guys he can beat the the lineman and the running back yep. and still get to the quarterback oh. but i think this plays into a jabo's favor more than anybody and, and because i see the flat-footed slow-footed georgia tackles that i do yeah i think a jabo has a huge opportunity to be that that edge speed rusher around the outside that dominates this game. I think I think we're going to see multiple sacks from him in this game. Yeah, I don't even think it needs to be sacks. Because the, like in a lot of ways what Michigan what Aiden Hutchinson did, it wasn't like he put up unbelievable numbers and tackles and sacks and all that stuff. But pressures is a whole nother ball game. And that's what this defense is going to do is they're going to put the pressure on and they cause the bad throws. They make third and 8 seem impossible because you have two and a half seconds to three seconds to just hope that your first yeah. read is going to get open. Yep. And that's what we make it very uncomfortable. We make every inch difficult. You have to execute every time down the field just to earn your seven points. Yeah. And pe- teams don't do that. Ohio State didn't do that on a regular basis. Yeah. And I don't think Georgia's offense compares to Ohio State's. They just don't. And w- the point, point that I was going to bring up earlier is if Ohio State – did what Michigan did to like let's say you sw- switch the roles completely. Ohio State lost to Michigan State in a very close game that they got robbed with a bad call, and then Ohio State went out and physically dominated Michigan, and then went out and won what forty was it forty two to seven forty two to ten what, what was the score three? of the the Iowa forty two to three yeah something like that Michigan against Iowa if Ohio State did that to Iowa and was heading into this matchup two three against Georgia you cannot tell me. Ohio State would not be the favorite team. Switch their jerseys, switch the name. I think, like, most of the time, I think Michigan gets favored with their name. They do. With betting spreads and hype around the, the whole, you know what I mean? Like, uh, nationally. Right now, I feel like their name's working against them because people aren't expecting Michigan to be like, 
well, they were unranked and did all that. They're they're looking at Michigan as like, wow, everything worked out for them for them very well, and they're surprising. They're playing with house money. We talked started this conversation where they're playing with house money, and we're just gonna give them seven and a half points, and it's gonna be fair. You switch the jerseys, you switch the team name alone. It's a completely different conversation, in that's my all, opinion. That's also because Ohio State matches what Alabama does so well. They do they do the vertical game, the throw the pass heavy game. Exciting, yeah, yeah, yeah. And but and people think of Michigan as that run dominant team that just is one dimensional, and that's what they do. But again, we've seen points early on in the games with Michigan right now. They're getting ahead by using creative offensive strategy and then later on in the game they're wearing the teams they out bleed it they just Ge- bleed them georgia as good as they are they're never on the field jordan davis is a two down defensive lineman that's not going to play well over the course of a long grueling game if michigan can hold on to the ball so just because they don't give up rushing yards in in the scenarios they've been in so far doesn't mean that in the fourth third and fourth quarters if Michigan holds on to the ball and they're they're winning the game and Georgia's having to react and run all over the place doesn't mean those big massive human beings are going to be able to stay on the field and be just as effective as they are in their normal you know three and out scenario it's not the same you can't compare it that way so I think I think Michigan and their defense and just think about this if Ojabo consistently can win around the edge. That means Aiden Hutchinson doesn't have to. That means he can play up the middle, and he can play away from the chips or on the outside, away from the the running back help or on the outside, and he can play to that bull rush slash middle of the field game or middle of the pocket game. So when a job comes around the outside, the QB steps up where? Into, <laughs> in, 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 into Aiden. Hutchinson, I think, which you've I think, seen that time and time again. I think they play to each other's strengths so well right now, and I think we're going to see I think the defensive coordinator, McDonald, McDonald has had a huge part of that. I I think what he's done is is incredible. He has made them NFL football players. Yeah. And that's what this defense is. It's an NFL defense, not a gimmicky, like, (laughs) we're just going to – I don't know what – They're smart. Yeah, they're – they're playing football. I, I watched several interviews with McDonald because I wanted to get inside of his brain as much as I could. He's not going to tell me everything, obviously, just through like interviews <laughs> and stuff. But what he says all the time is he went back to, you know, when, when he got the job, he went back to the beginning. He wanted to build a foundation, which means knowledge. So he sat in a classroom with all of his guys and they went through like the basics of what they do on defense and what they expect from defense and their calls and their setup and their formations and all this stuff. And they spent time in the classroom first. Yeah, and we see that they're disciplined. They don't give up the big plays. We didn't see that against Ohio State, where they gave up these massive plays. No, Ohio State earned well, it every did, time. Yeah, and it was fourth and eighteen type yeah. plays, but third were, and twenty they plays, were insane catches too. Like yeah. they earned it. Georgia cannot make those they same can't. catches. Nope, I agree. They do not match up the same. Stenson Bennett does not make the same decisions as Ohio State quarterback. They, they he he's not capable of it. He will make mistakes. I think Michigan will lure him into those mistakes. And let's just say Georgia wins this game in the end. It's I just, I I am not saying Georgia is not a great team. They're a great yeah. team, and, great yeah. team. They are very difficult. And these teams on paper are the same. And Georgia's a little bit better on paper. On paper, yeah. I just I just am, am seeing what I what I think is a different approach that Michigan has been able to yeah. overcome and accomplish throughout the year. And I think they're growing to the point where they believe in themselves. They play together. Nothing's gonna all the su- cliches. Nothing's right? gonna surprise me in this game. I think I think if I look you at look it. at the schedule of Michigan, they've proven it. And if you look at the schedule of Georgia, they haven't proven every anything except that they've beaten or the, uh, I'm sorry that they've lost to Alabama. And their That's numbers the are incredible. But against who? 
I think is the key. Now, mediocre team. The fact that they haven't played anybody might just mean they haven't shown it against anybody. They might show it against. They Michigan. might be really dang good. I know. And they might show it against Michigan. And at that point, I'm going to tip my hat and be like, "Hey, great season for Michigan. They weren't good enough." They weren't talented enough. Yep. I think is what it's going to come down to. If I see that Michigan's offensive line, which really out of all the keys to the game, the offensive line of Michigan is so probably important. the number one biggest factor of this game. If Michigan's offensive line can be good, I think Michigan has a great chance of winning. If Michigan's offensive line gets dominated by Georgia like they've dominated every other offensive line yeah. except for Alabama's, then we're going to lose the game. Are you ready to get into predictions? Yeah, I'm game. All right. What do you think? What What is your prediction? Final score. My final score. Michigan scores thirty points. I know it's a weird number. Thirty though. They Michigan wins thirty to uh, eighteen. Thirty to eighteen. Which is weird. Hold on. Thirty to. I think that's nineteen. Thirty to nineteen. Yeah, eighteen is a little bit weird. Is it, is it weird? 19? How yeah. do you get to 19? Uh, 14 and two field goals. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. Wait, no, that's not true. No, that's 18. <laughs> <laughs> I want 18. I want 18. You want Whatever, eight, you want 18? I, I didn't think Doesn't about matter. this at a time. Anyways, I'm going to say Michigan 34, Georgia 24. And Michigan's going to... We got to uh, pick Michigan. Screw, we got to pick Michigan. Screw that. Who yeah. cares? I think Michigan wins this game. I, I do too. I don't think it's really going to be do. as close as people think. I think I it'll think be one of the teams is going to win by double digits. Yeah, I think I think it'll be close in the in the second half. And one team, like I feel like it's going to be one of those Ohio State uh, type of games where you know who's going to win midway through the fourth. It just quarter. matters of how you're going to get there. Yeah, yeah. I I really think we're going to know heading into the new year who the better team is. I hope. We're I hope we run into that. We definitely will. Well, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, yeah, it's not like it's either going to be. I think I think it's going to be a double digit victory for one of the teams for the better team. I agree because they're so similar. The better team will prove themselves by the end of the game, right? Yep. I mean, it, and you can't just have them be exactly the same. One team is going to win. The offensive line of Michigan is either going to win the matchup or they're going to lose the matchup. Yep. It's not going to be like a fifty-fifty type thing, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. It's either going to be. You haven't seen anything like us, or we haven't seen anything like you. My fear is this <laughs> game is going to turn into a field goal matchup, and I think if Michigan, but I don't loses, think that's a fear. I think I don't mean that. Look, I don't want field goals, but I think we have the better special teams. We got to score seven. That's my point. We yeah, gotta, I agree. Got to get touchdowns. Something like Trav now. Is that enough Michigan talk? Yeah. Well, I don't know. Unless you want to keep going. No, I, I think we should, we're already over two hours. So. Oh, are we really? Yeah, we still Man. got some picks to do. I'm pumped about this game. Me too. I really am. I'm so excited. I'm nervous as nervous as all get out. I just I, it, the last aspect is is are the coaches too, and and I think that yeah. With, who do you give the edge to for coaching? Oh, absolutely. Is it Michigan. just a lot? You, you think so? Hundred percent Michigan. Georgia just just lost their last game. They're trying to pick their their team back up and say, no, hold on, guys, you guys are you guys are actually this good. Michigan needs no convincing. They know it. They feel it. The coaches are riding a high right now. They've had all this time to prepare and look at what Georgia did wrong against Alabama. And I think I think Michigan, with their young, adaptive type of coaching staff, they have all the edge in the world. I think I think that's going to be play a huge part in this game. Actually, I think Gaddis's creative ability to 
make something happen when their offense isn't just relying on one quarterback to to do it, I think that's a good thing. They've right. done it all year, right? They have. I'm so excited for this game. <laughs> is it tomorrow or is it is it Friday yet? Like this is Friday's going to be one of the best days. It's never. It's tomorrow. just going to be a really good day. I, I'm just. I cannot wait for yeah, Friday. It'll be good Anyways, day, good day. let's get into our picks. We don't have time to explain betting hero. Go to bettinghero.com. Put in promo code MIBETS. You figure it out yourself. If you don't, if you haven't done it yet, it's free money, guys. Go yeah, do it. Just go do it. Anyways, last week, Micah, he went three and four. Kyle went five and two. Ryan, you went five and two. I went six and one. So we're getting really, really tight. Micah still leading away, 66 and 54 overall. Kyle, one game back, 65 and 55 overall. Ryan, you're only two behind Kyle at 63, 57, and I'm only one behind you at 62 and 58. We don't have the music Dang. because we're running into some technical difficulties. You guys should just be happy you're listening to this great podcast. Let's just give it that what it is. Anyways, we're going to start with Cardinals at the Cowboys. Cowboys are a five-point favorite. Micah, taking the Cowboys. Kyle, taking the Cardinals. Doesn't make it easy for us. What are you doing here, Ryan? Yeah, I got to go with the Cowboys here. They've got a lot of momentum. Cardinals suck at the end of the year, it seems like. I want to pick them. I just don't believe in them yet. Yeah, I, I'm going to go with the Cardinals. I'm going to go with the up-down theory. Uh, they've been down for, what, three games in a row. I'm going to assume that they're more of the team that we saw earlier. Cowboys don't have a lot to play for. Um, at this point, so I'm I'm gonna take the Cardinals at least the I mean the five points. I don't know if they're gonna win, but they're gonna cover the five points. Uh, next we got Chiefs at the Bengals. Man, the music really I'm really miss the music. Yeah, the music really helps. It's not the same. It's not. Um, we got the Chiefs at the Bengals. Bengals plus five. Micah's taking the Chiefs. Kyle's taking the Chiefs. Ryan, what are you doing? I'm gonna go with the Bengals here. Joe Burrow's coming off a huge game, and I think the Bengals have been down in the middle of the season. They're kind of looking like themselves again. Um, Chiefs obviously look great right now, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I think I think uh, Bengals might tee off on this defense a little bit. The five is is tough because I think this is going to be a lot closer game than people realize, and, and that's way too many points. Um but I think it's going to be like a six or seven point win for the Chiefs. So I'm, I'm going to take the Chiefs here. They're playing really, really good football. Um, I can't. It's hard to go against them right now. Um, next, we got Rams at the Ravens. They're both taking the Rams. What are you doing here, Ryan? Yeah, I'll go Ravens. I, I don't. Really? I don't want to. Um, this is more of me just catching up. But you know, I think I think Stafford with the way the win that they just got, I don't buy it yet. Like they didn't look that impressive. The three and a half is yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I think uh, I, Rams. This is this will be their first test in a little while since they're kind of really since they're losing streak. Uh, I'm gonna agree with you on this. I think Lamar's gonna come back. I think he's he's fresh. He's healthy-ish. Um, I I don't know. I think I think he can make this a close game again. I'm not picking the winner. I'm gonna take the three and a half points for yeah, for the exactly. whole team. Yeah, exactly. That's where I'm at here. Next, we got the Lions at the Seahawks. Uh, Seahawks are a six and a half point favorite. They're both taking the Lions. Ooh, really? Yeah. I, I was hoping they were gonna take the Seahawks so I could take the Lions and catch up. You want me to go first? I'll go first. Yeah, go ahead. I'm gonna go with the Seahawks. I think it's gonna be another close game. Why not just take the home the home favorite to cover a touchdown? Yeah, I think so too. They, I mean, they might end up winning by a touchdown, uh, but that would that would be the over, right? So, yeah, um, yeah, I'm gonna take the Seahawks in this one. I think traveling out there is gonna be tough. It is, especially with the way the lines have been playing. Yeah, 
like very emotional, very absolutely. This has been going through an awful lot. I don't think the Seahawks are six and a half points better than the Lions. I really don't. Um, but they have Russell Wilson, and he's a good quarterback. He's a smart quarterback. So yeah, watch, I, watch out for I'll big, take the Seahawks. Watch out for big plays in that one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next, we're gonna jump into some bowl games. We got OK State at or against uh, Notre Dame, who's a two and a half point favorite. They're both taking OK State. I want to take OK State <laughs> because I think Notre Dame's very overrated. Yeah. But I also think they could play with for that new coach. And so I haven't he's... heard of any opt-outs. Where are you going with this one? I'm going to go OK State in this one. All right. Then I'm going to take Notre Dame. Yeah. I got to, right? Yeah. This is yeah. my chance. That's Absolutely a chance for to. me to take it. I, I just, wanted to take OK State. I just State. don't buy Notre Dame. I don't think they've I don't really either. matched up well against good talent yet. Maybe the one by three, then I'll be happy. Yeah, there you go. Uh, next, we got Baylor against Ole Miss. Ole Miss is a one and a half point favorite. Micah taking Baylor. Kyle taking Ole Miss. Ryan, what are you doing? Man, this is tough. This this might be the hardest one to take uh, to to predict. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Ole Miss, and I might regret this in the end. But uh, I think I think they have some high end talent. You know, especially with their quarterback. Um, they're playing for something. I think yeah, it's more yeah. legacy type, you know? Yep. I actually had Ole Miss already written down as well. I'm going to take them. Uh, just They just have a way to score. Man, it's crazy. Yeah, they'll score. Yeah. Yep. And, yeah, one and a half points isn't that much. Could be a three-point win. I don't know. Uh, next, we got Cincy playoff against Bama. Bama, 13 and a half point favorite. They're both taking Bama. I'm taking Cincy. I am too. Yeah, that's it's a lot of points. Way too many points. Yeah. Since he's a good team. Since he is a good team, and I don't think this is a great Bama team. This isn't the normal Bama team. Yeah. This is a, a Bama team that hasn't been a stout defense necessarily day in and day out. And they haven't been a great offensive line. We talked about that earlier. Yeah. The offensive line looked good against uh uh Georgia. Looked great against Georgia. But that was the first time they looked great. And look, I like Bryce Young ish. It's just it's it's different. They're not as they're not as overly talented from that that, that we're used to seeing. Yeah, I cannot wait. I can't wait to to see the what sc- Ahmad Gardner sauce from Cincinnati, the cornerback, what he does against Jameson Williams and that matchup from Alabama. I hope they just line him up on Williams all game long because I just want to see that matchup. And really, that will tell me a lot about Ahmad Gardner in in his draft status uh for next year but that that's going to be great because he is absolutely shut down like he does he hasn't allowed a touchdown for cincinnati in like two years i think as cornerback it'll be fun so i just i, I think can't it's a wait better, for that. i think it's a much better matchup than people realize well yeah and, and and they really have like one of the top three corners in the draft arguably number one they have the arguably the one or two best linebackers yeah. in the draft and they have one of the top pass rushers probably first second round talent pass rushers in the draft too like cincinnati's Talented. got some talent they got they got as on defense they're playing with everything on the table yeah and they don't and, give and giving them and, and desmond ritter i mean if they if they're close in the fourth quarter watch out because he's a gamer next we got our sparty party pick of the week back because Sparty hasn't hasn't played in five weeks, so people forgot about it. But pull up Sparty Party. It's a New England IPA from uh, Big Lake Brewing uh, with Mandarina, Bavaria, and Amarillo hops. Seven percent alcohol by volume. Perfect for a Thursday night football game. We got a great dude. Are we gonna hang out like all 
Like Thursday, as soon as I get home from work, we're gonna hang out, watch that. You might have to, man, all week. That's your birthday too, right? I actually have dinner plans on Thursday, but after the dinner, Tuesday, Wednesday, yeah, that'd be my birthday. Yeah, the thirtieth. Yeah, I remember. Thanks for letting me know. Yeah, happy birthday to Ryan. I wouldn't have remembered. (laughs) But anyways, I got a dinner plans, but I should be back because we're gonna put the kids down. So, watch the Michigan State game. Yeah, and then we'll wake up, crack a beer. I don't know if there's a noon game, but 3.30. We'll just keep it conservative. There you go. Start drinking at 3.30, watch the football game. Sure. The Alabama-Cincy game. Sounds fun. Then we'll turn it into Michigan and then New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve. And we're going to have a – Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited. In that order. This is seriously – I like this week better than (laughs) Christmas week. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I love Christmas. Don't get me wrong. It's it's all part of the same season in my mind. It is. Yeah, when you have vacation between the two, yeah, of course you keep it the same season. I have to work today and (laughs) – Tomorrow. And I had three days day. scheduled last last week, and I didn't take any of them. So I'm enjoying my time off All this right. week. Yeah, you deserve it, Ryan. <laughs> um, anyways, we got the Sparty Party pick: Pitt against Michigan State. Michigan State is a two and a half point favorite. Mike and Kyler both take Michigan State here. Who are you taking? And give us give us reason. Yeah, I'm taking State as well. I mean, I just think without um, Pickett. Pickett, thank you, Kenny Pickett. I don't think Pitt stands a chance. I think they're going to be outmatched talent-wise from MSU, and I think that they're just going to pick them apart on, on offense, and their defense is going to hold up. Yeah, I, I, I'm i going to take Michigan State, but I'm very hesitant about it because I at this point I think any quarterback can kind of pick apart Michigan State's secondary, and I'm, I'm curious to how that's going to play out without the, the comfort of Kenneth Walker. Again, I'm nervous about it, but... It'd be like I think Michigan Valari. State should win this football game. It'd be like Dan, Dan Valari for you know third string quarterback from Michigan who doesn't see time because Kenny Pickett's on the field all the time, so it's not like JJ coming in. It'd be like their third string, the guy who doesn't see the field at all. I just don't, I just don't buy it. Like uh, that's too big of a loss for Pitt to to overcome in this one. All right, next we got our haze and blue pick of the week, and I hope this is not the last one. Please don't be the last one. Haze and blue is a crushable New England IPA. From Big Leg Brewing, once again, featuring Citra and Mosaic hops and brewed with real blueberries, 5.5% alcohol volume, 20 IBUs. There's also the Big Haze out there. I haven't had the Big Haze yet, and I'm not happy about it. Siciliano's doesn't have it. I should really reach out to Big Lake and be like, dude, what the heck? Dang. If there's a national championship game, we need to be drinking some Big Haze. Yeah, we need to go get it. <laughs> right. Or do we stick to what works? Just other I just changed your mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in. We'll do it. We'll do that one before. <laughs> Anyways, we got the matchup. I'm so excited for this football game. You got Georgia against Michigan. Michigan is a seven and a half point dog. I don't think it's fair that they're a seven and a half point dog. You make this a two point spread. I might take Georgia just to be safe. Kyle and Mike are taking Michigan. I'm taking Michigan. You're taking Michigan according to your Thing. Yeah, there's Unless no you chance. Switch it just to like no, there's no catch chance. Up. I'm not gonna do. I'm not gonna take Michigan in this game. It doesn't even matter what I feel like. This this is an opportunity. This is to what pick it's Michigan, for, right? right? Yeah. No, I I hear you there. Um, so those are our picks of the week. We will keep this thing rolling to our beer grades, which is um from Siciliano's Market. Our last one with Siciliano's again. Last one. You guys know anybody that are that sells craft beer? Let them know about the podcast. 
Go to Sicilianos and tell them what in the f are you guys doing, <laughs> getting away from State of My Sports podcast. If we get 150 people to go in there and say we're never coming here again unless you sponsor State of My Sports, that would do the trick. That would that would do a little bit. Yeah. A little, yeah. So if you guys are in the area, please do that. Kurt, I'm talking to you. No, just be Kyle, nice. Jeff, just be nice about it. Everybody, yeah. Just, like just say hey. Uh, yeah. Just just mention it. We love. <laughs> just them. say that. But we're still keep, gonna drink our. Back. We're still gonna pick out beer from them. So. Yeah, they're awesome. Uh, thank you guys. Thank you, Sicilian's Mark, for being part of this for the last what year and a half or so. Um, been a fun relationship. Uh, hopefully we can get this thing back on the rails and and keep this thing rolling. But for now, it is a unsponsored unsponsored segment. But it's part of the podcast. There you go. It's what we do. Yeah. We grade Michigan beers. And that's what we're doing today. Ryan, remind everybody what you're drinking and give it a nice little grade. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot of information about this, uh, but this is Eddie Van Hazy from Rockford. We also need a picture still. Brewing company. <laughs> Did you see my last pour? It was worse than the first. Was it? It was bad. This is not easy to pour. That's not good. Yeah, uh, but again. You're only too deep? The little slogan on Yeah, only too deep too. Are you on vacation? Yeah, I had a I had bourbon before this. <laughs> and wine? No, no wine today. No wine? Yeah. What Just kind bourbon. of bourbon are you drinking? Uh, Woodford Reserve. Nice. I've got some. Angel, I've got some Angels Envy. I actually bought Micah uh, a smoker. Oh, for really? his bourbon. Yeah. Ooh, nice. So he likes bourbon and whiskeys and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So it's like a a gun that you kind of put on top of the glass. Yeah. And then spray a bunch of smoke yep. in it and yep. just let it sit. Cool. It's actually really cool. Was it good? It was good. It was good. Yeah. What were you drinking? Very smoky. Uh, no clue. He smoked it with cherry. No, no, no. <laughs> I don't remember what it was. I had one little sip. He said he was going to pour me one, and then he never did. Is that like happy. a? Do you have to like burn wood with that? Yeah. So the the kit came with like little like cherry wood. Yeah. Well, it came with like I think it was like six or eight different flavors of of wood. Cool. And then you just burn that. Yeah. yeah. You just burn a little bit and just like shoot the gun. Yeah. It was yeah, really I've cool. Seen, yeah. Nice. It's, it was actually really cool. It worked out good. I hope he likes it. So I've got. Actually, if he doesn't, I don't want to know. I I've got a couple of different ones. We, we could try it on uh, on the day, the New Year's Eve. Perfect. Let's do it. We'll do it. Um, after the Michigan wins. Or right. during Michigan's wins. I'll just start over, though. Eddie Van Hazy. This is from uh, like Rockford. It's a good name. Rockford Brewing Company. Um, this is a West Coast style hazy IPA. And it's it's worth checking out. This is this is pretty good. I, I was This was right up my alley. Um, pretty hazy, but not like... Not like I don't. I don't even know how to explain it. Just not like thick or like uh, amber colored. It was more pale, um, uh, lighter colored, hazy IPA, but very good flavor to it. Yeah. I'm gonna give this a. Uh, oh, this is a. F- what was it? A 5.3 percent? I think. Something like that. 5.6 percent. Um, I'm gonna give this a a 7.6. 7.6. Yeah, good beer. Pretty pretty average. Not like a crazy ton of different flavors, but, you know, that's kind of preferred in a lot of ways. All right, so I'm drinking from Witch's Hat Brewing Company in South Line, Michigan. Deflowered Hazy IPA. Very uncomfortable with this. <laughs> with yeah, with said, giving right, it a so grade? This is what they say. They said it's a super delicious, which, again, I'm going to be the grade. I will do the grades. Don't tell me if it's delicious <laughs> or not. It's a juicy IPA with the following hops. Yep, so many. Barley, you know it, oats, faux show, wheat, a little bit, love, <laughs> lots, flour, F-no. Oh I don't gosh. know if it's F-no or S-no. <sighs> Look, it's a it's a solid beer. It's solid. South Lion, Michigan? I don't like what you guys are doing. I'm sorry. I don't like 
the name Witch's Hat. I think that's a a, a mistake. <laughs> I don't like calling it Deflowered. It's really inappropriate. Um, and I don't know. I just I, it's disappointing. The beer was good. <laughs> I'm yeah. not happy well, with it. Are you going to grade the beer based off of the flavor of the beer, or are you going to grade it based on the can I'm and the description? I'm going to grade it based off my feelings of overall everything. Yep. I'm going to go with a 7.1. Okay. Fair enough. I hey, need man, to hear a little you. more about what you guys are doing. Yeah, you do you. I could read what it says about why a bat, but I don't need to do that, at least on air. I'm going to do it after the fact, and then maybe I'll change my opinion, and I'll let you guys know and that's next That's the week. name of the brewery, Witch's Hat Brewing? Yeah. Huh. Which yeah is it just like October themed all the time? I I don't know. I mean, it's not an Oktoberfest or anything. It's just I right. think they're just I don't they're know. We don't love, need to get into it. Love Halloween. I guess yeah. I hope that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not drinking some potion or something <laughs> that's messing with me for the yeah. rest of my life. <laughs> we'll talk off. Later. I went there. I went there. <laughs> I guess I probably should know. Uh, I like it. Usually though. this is where we get the outro music going. But our, actually, you want to do it? Yeah, can we can do, do that. All right, turn your volume up. You gotta tell me. Play. You gotta tell me what it is. Anyways, that was episode either one thirty six or one thirty seven, or maybe one thirty eight. I don't know which one. But thank you guys for watching live. Thank you guys for being listening after the fact. Thank you for recording. We'll talk to you next week after Michigan, if not sooner. been listening to state of my sports from the red wings to the lions to the tigers to the pistons to michigan and michigan state and everything in between we're talking about it and don't forget the beer we hope you enjoyed the show make sure to like rate and review in the meantime Hook up with us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch at State of My Sports with an M-I. We'll see you next time.